0: This is Professor Raymond Noby, Department of Ancient History, Log Entry Number Two.
1: I believe I have made a significant find in the castle of Cantar. Having journeyed there with my wife Henrietta, my daughter Annie, and Associate Professor Ed it was in the rear chamber of the castle we stumbled upon something remarkable.
2: Once again, you ask the same shit you ask
1: you every week, but I'll indulge you, you creepy English tart. I'm here for my weekly stash of Teddy Mags, my favorite chocolate bar in the whole wild world,
3: Toblerone, and my lotto tickets. <gasps> Who bought a shingle?
4: I have one!
5: This episode host Derek Carey welcomes Brian Kirst, aka Big Gay Horror Fan, Andrew Shearer of Gonzarific Films, Mark the Moving Man, and Scott Davis on to discuss the death of blockbuster video and video stores in general. Many feels are had, the airing of grievances, then cleansing, come with us won't you? To keep up to date with the various projects of Derek Carey and Rabbit Child Films, follow him on Facebook and Twitter. Also, follow Astro Radio Z on Facebook and the brand spanking new Tumblr page where you can find all the new episodes on the selection of some of the best classic Astro Radio Z shows of the past. Now, on with the show.
0: Astro Radio Z, another fine night with my Google Hangout crew. We got some new blood and we got the old blood. My new blood is a dear old friend of mine. I don't get to see him very often, only at conventions and at rock shows. Mr. Brian Kurst, a.k.a. Big A Horror Fan. How are you tonight, sir? I'm awesome, man. How are you? I am wonderful as always. Would you like to do a little pimpage to start off the show and kind of give everybody a little primer on who you are?
6: I'm big a horror. kind of come at it with a sassy, queer point of view. So I'm Facebook. And have got a website and just check it out. It's a
0: lot of fun. You actually were just at the big shoe in Chicago at uh, Days of the Dead. How did that go for you? Yeah. I just love how they call all these
6: shows Chicago Days of the Dead and Chicago Flashback Weekend when they're all out in the suburbs. They're like in <laughs> It takes like a metro and yeah. a shuttle bus. And <laughs> I'm like, this is not Chicago. This is nowhere, right. nowhere near Chicago. Yeah. Um, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, this is shuttle bus hell. It it was fun, you know, just just like you said, you know, those are the places where you you see everyone that you don't see normally throughout the year, and, you know, you just have a good time. People dress up, and... You know, I, I'm a total flaming fanboy. So you know, I, I you know all the quote unquote and and hang with them. So uh, yeah, Linea Quigley was there, who who you worked with. So uh, mm-hmm. on screaming high Hails.
0: I think was I was awesome. aware that she was supposed to be there, but because uh, yeah. I my uh, co partner, well, the old uh, co host of Astro Radio Z, Corey Udler, actually went to the yeah. show. I believe we were going to try and meet up and. Uh, chat with Linnea about some stuff, but, uh, cool. I cool. ended up going to the middle of bumfuck nowhere, Michigan for the indie horror.tv anniversary party. Um, so I missed out on days of the dead, this turnaround, um, still had a great time, but heard about all the goings on and the hijinks, uh, cause uh, Corey was there with our uh, car- partner in crime, Mr. Blade Braxton, The Midnight Rose. And uh, let's just Aww. say the next day uh, it was another one of those because at Cinema Wasteland, uh, Blade drank so much. He didn't wake up until like five the next day. It was uh, we thought he was dead. We seriously thought he was dead. Um, it was something else, but I guess Corey left the hotel uh, on Sunday, and it's like, uh, "Blade's kind of worrying me. He hasn't gotten up yet." That's so, Anyways, that, wow. that's how it always is. Yeah, those are those are a great time. I heard some really good stuff about Jessica Cameron's Truth or Dare.
6: Oh, awesome! I didn't yeah, see
0: that. So that that's cool to hear. Yeah, Corey went and saw it because uh, Heather Dorf, who's uh, Heather Dorf. One, Yep. yep. One of the lead actresses. She's in uh, Corey's segment of Hole in the Wall at, at DDS, so they hooked up, had a good old time. It looked like Jewel cool. Shepard was there. Who else was all there?
6: Jewel Shepard was there, Ann, and I had never met her before. That was cool. All the Return of the D- Living Dead folks, Heather Donahue and Mike Williams from Blair Witch. There was a Blade Runner reunion, so... uh The one thing I have to say is, I have a great time and I'm a huge fan of all that stuff, and I'm willing to pay out the money. It's just really gotten exorbitant and crazy. I mean, literally, I spent 35 bucks on Lita Ford, how much it would be to take a photo, thinking she and her man go, oh, nothing. She kind of looks over at her manager and he goes so everyone's charging for, you know, uh, on top of, you know, getting an autograph, they're charging for photos now, like Clue Gulliger and his family, you know, his son Feast and Piranha 3DD. They were all charging, you know, for, for photos on top of the, you know, just the autographs and stuff like that. So I, I don't know what to do about that or if anything can be done about that I, or just people stop paying it. But I, I, that's one thing that I'm like, you know what, I understand it's it's their way of surviving. A lot of them, yeah. But it's just gotten yeah. really, really nuts. Really, way too expensive.
0: Yeah, I agree completely. And I think it's going to reach a point, and I think it's already starting to get to that point where it's going to break the ceiling, and nobody's going to pay for this anymore because then you're going to end up like Sylvester Stallone charging five hundred dollars for a photo <laughs> or nuts. for a freaking autograph. Just absolute asinineness, you know. And the it, yeah. it, it's not even like a few years ago. It was only like a couple years. ago. Go where people, you were still able to get pictures with people and whatnot. Because yeah. I know when we were at Flashback, when I first met you, and we were sitting next to Linnea, she didn't charge for any pictures.
6: And and she didn't. You know, Linnea didn't, for that stuff. There were certain people who weren't, I think old school, who had been, I mean, Jewel Shepard and Linnea and and those folks have been doing these things for a long, long-ass time. Um, yeah. But, uh... It, 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 was, it was, it was, you know, the new folks and the people with, you know, higher percentages and bigger managers, and it's unfortunate.
0: Yeah, it, it sucks. I hope it starts changing because I have a feeling there is going to be kind of a little revolt, and I think people are going to stop. You know, paying this money because it's going to keep going up pretty soon from the $40, $50. It's going to start being $90. I know it already is for these yeah, VIP man. passes like Robert England I just Michael Rooker and shit like that.
6: Danny Trejo, who I would have been like, hey, that would have been cool, was charging 40 bucks. And I think he was yeah. taking free photos with folks, but I'm like, I can't do 40. I just can't do 40 you know, I'll, I'll, I'll consider it and maybe go up to 30 for someone, but 40 just is kind of, even that seems just kind of nuts to me. So.
0: Yeah. I, I can't imagine for one second. Cause if you, if anyone's ever walked into my friend, uh, Jason Collins house, his entire living room is nothing but photographs, uh, you know, signed <laughs> photographs from like Adrian King and Brink Stevens and all these people. And if he would have to do that today, That would easily be a few grand just to get, you know, ten. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's getting ridiculous so yeah personally i've never been that person to go out and uh get autographs and and stuff like that i i just rather organic conversations and you know yeah happen upon people and stuff like that so anyways let's let's move on otherwise we could <laughs> this could be a whole show in and of itself uh, of course i have mr andrew shearer here Hi. amazing man Hi. how you doing tonight sir I'm good. Play how yourself is. Uh, I am <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. Has there been anything uh, newsy going on in Shearerland and Gonserific land? No, I just wanted to say
7: that I've had both Linnea and um Jules Shepherd on my podcast at a couple uh different separate times and uh you know, I got my picture and the autographs are free because we were doing the show. So.
6: <laughs> they're awesome. Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah,
7: yeah, I had a, I guess, well, I bought Jules uh, breakfast and the expensive fucking hotel cereal. I don't even want to know <laughs> what that was. I didn't eat. <laughs> but she, she's, she was she was fantastic and Linnea is always uh, fucking great. So. Absolutely. Yes, I should mention Andrew Shearer is from Athens, Georgia. He does the Similophile podcast and a columnist for OnlineAthens.com.
0: Thank you. That's exactly what I was going to ask. Ned. All right, there you go. But yeah, both, both of those ladies, I, I mean, even like we just said, a few years ago, they weren't charging for that stuff. They, they come from the days they were just happy to have, you know, people come out and appreciate that, you know, they even have fans. You know, yeah. nowadays it's all a racket, and I think they kind of are getting roped into it too. Well, some—I mean, Linnea is thankfully having a resurgence now. Yeah. I, did you guys, I, speaking of Linnea, did you happen to see this? Uh, I don't want to say scandalous because we we all know Linnea has bared it more than a few times. This the gore zone, zone a, yeah. picture yeah. that's going around of her nude on the well, on the bed. It,
7: yeah, but man, it looks like it's taken in the hotel room. You know, yep. so it's a little bittersweet because obviously she's still a gorgeous woman who is my mom's age, <laughs> but, uh, and so is Jewel. <laughs> but. Um she yeah you can tell that even though it's a well shot photo she's standing there there's the hotel ac and the window you know the very familiar thing and you're just like you remember a lot of those movies that were shot at conventions were very obviously like featuring tony todd you know kane Hodder, and like they're all in the hotel room (laughs) (laughs) tom savini dude a lot of famous people were at this convention and in this movie apparently that was shot there so it kind of reminded me a little bit of it. you know it's a little cheap Mm-hmm.
8: Uh, I liked the, I liked the photo spread though, and I like and I like well, the. Of course, you a lot. did, you pervert. Well, yeah. I'm not <laughs> saying
7: it's bad. I just it, it to Literally, me that wasn't. Gore, a-
8: that that zone thing. I was gonna scoff at it at first, like you know, like you because know, it's uh, expensive. You know, it's not that thick. It's like something like forty-eight, sixty-four pages, something like that. Yeah. But. You know what? That was, you know, I read that sucker cover to cover twice. That's, it was, they did good work there
0: (laughs) and it was great seeing Linnea again. Man, that's, that's like a throwback to my childhood is gore zone. It's, it's awesome that they're bringing that back.
7: That was the way better than Fangoria. And I can't tell you how many movies and people I discovered from just reading Chaz Balin's column alone, you know, much less the whole entire magazine. I mean, I have one where they interviewed Diane Thorne, you know, It's like, holy shit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, back then, man, they used to, not just Gore Zone, but all those magazines used to go the, uh, the extra mile. They had to. That's all there was back then. It's not like everyone and their mom was reporting on this stuff the way they are now.
8: I like that Chris Alexander is, you know, when when he took over Fango, because for a while I thought I was thinking that that magazine was really it was kind of like the spin magazine of horror. You know, it was very mainstream stuff. He, you know, he brought in a lot of stuff that was like, you know, vintage horror. He put it, put in some stuff that's indie horror. Mm -hmm. It's not maybe as vintage or as indie as we'd always like it to be because they still have to like, you know, I guess get the Barnes and Noble and shit. But you know it's you know it's a lot better and i actually have started buying it
0: every month for a change. well they got to do something different now they have to do something to pull people back in otherwise straight news the way that uh, tony was doing it for a while and that's why it got a little blase because he was just trying to appeal to the masses i think i think chris is doing it kind of the right way and yeah. it also kind of helps his cred a little bit that he's a filmmaker now too so he can appeal to that demographic have you have you been paying attention to any
6: of the controversy, though, where um, it's come out that uh, he, under a pseudonym, interviewed himself and gave this really glowing (laughs) view (laughs) to Blood, which is his film. So...
8: I have not heard that.
6: (laughs) Yeah. yeah.
0: Very interesting. He had a pseudonym
6: from when he was working for different magazines, and he used that and... uh, (laughs) Couldn't you yeah, have gotten Leanne Dave? Spider- I can't, baby can't remember what it was—a two or three-page spread on his film. Wow, that's
0: in, crazy! Yeah, Andrew's right. Couldn't he have <laughs> got Linnaeus a spider baby to do that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a little joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
7: yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little media journalism joke.
6: <laughs> well, well, that's what I think. A lot of journalists who like spreading in the horror community, spreading like wildfire, like rumors and stirring up shit, have been really. Really, really going at this. In a way, I'm like, you know, it, it's not the most legitimate move in the world. And granted, it's a, the biggest publication we have out there for horror films, but we all. Pimp our shit on blog, our blog, yeah, just like that. It, so, so, it's it's a, it's, a, it's a different. It's a, obviously, like I said, it's a, it's a much different venue.
0: Yeah, it's the and, platform. You know, I think that's why people would get so upset about it, is because yeah. he, like you said, has the biggest platform in all of horror, and yeah. to basically use it to blow himself. If that's, <laughs> I don't know. This is the first I'm hearing about it. No, yeah, yeah,
8: yeah. Quote. Sorry, I was just gonna ask. Like he he used a, an alien He uses a pseudonym that he had previously used before.
6: Yes, yes. In that
8: case, I would not be – I mean, and I'm just speculating here because this was the first time I've heard of it too. I would not be surprised if he almost wanted people to catch him because why wouldn't you use a new one? What I've gotten from this and what he
6: has – what he himself is is trying to do is – Someone named Dave, something or other, who I guess had a blog on Fangoria, came out with this information. Chris's okay. defense has been like he gave this did this guy a favor. He this guy they had to edit all his stuff extensively, most of the stuff that he had online, and I guess there was one article in the magazine had to refer. This guy's not a journalist, and that's kind of his been his platform defense. I guess this guy did some investigation field this Mm. and Chris had a, you know, on some website and and Xander had a kind of admitted doing it, kind of defended himself and,
8: you know, um, but yeah, Yeah, that sounds like an ugly scene. Well,
6: he used some really
8: beautiful,
6: language. And I think they even use even use the word like Fellini-esque oh, or something <laughs> well, a description me... to describe the film. So that's why people are a bit up in arms, but
0: well, I mean seriously. He's already been Uh-oh. getting that kind of art house blowing reviews for his uh, movies anyway, because they're Rollin-esque. So it was rollin maybe. Yeah, well, it would Fellini wouldn't surprise me either. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, speaking of Journalistic integrity. We have Mark the Movie Man here. Oh God, Mister <laughs> Sir, how are you doing? Uh, give me all the news, news on uh, Mister
2: Mark the Movie Man. Uh, Mark the Movie Man has been very busy uh, putting out reviews on the channel on YouTube at Special Mark, doing stuff for we live now, which is a big YouTube reviewer community. So, been doing that for two months, and that's that's doing really well. I'm trying to bring independent horror to the masses, uh, and so far the uh director uh of the site doesn't mind me doing just about any movie so yeah i'm, I'm trying to bring uh, the micro indie stuff to the the masses because uh not enough people out there know about this shit so yeah i'm just having a lot of fun with that getting some screeners from films got to see post-mortem america 2021 20, uh, uh, why don't you give me a you
0: know, quick quick review like give me like a, a two-sentence review of that if, if you can because that's one i've been as a linnea fan that's one I've been waiting for for what it seems like a fucking decade now. (laughs) It's
2: got like, it stars like everybody and it's kind of a cross between, it's like, it's like a Quentin Tarantino film cross with a post-apocalyptic film in that uh, you've got uh, the crime theme going on uh, set against the backdrop of the end of the world basically with zombies. So, and Linnea's in the middle. I I think I likened it to, that's what it was. I, I, I likened it to Kill Bill, with *Night of the Living Dead* is basically what it's like uh, oh. to to, 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 <laughs> to kind of sum it up. Uh, the only problem I kind of had with it was uh, everybody did fine with it. I think there was just a couple of miscasting choices with the film. Uh, one, unfortunately, with Linnea, Uh she did really well in the film. I don't think out of the roles that they had in the film, she was the exact fit for it, but she did very well still in it. You know, she she did she you could tell she put her all into it. I just think uh, they could have maybe cast a little bit someone different and put her in the film just in a different role. Sure. So. Sure. It's well, a lot of fun. You know, I got to see that, got to see the family. So. Well, let's not get
0: into that. Mark, you and I can suss that out a little later if we want. Oh, yeah. To, no. But, I have many feels on that one. But yeah, just watch a lot of indie stuff and and doing a lot of reviews
2: and stuff. So uh, we live cool. and on my channel is where you can mostly find
0: find me awesome good good to have you as always my fine sir oh, scott davis fine. why don't you why don't you round up this uh blowjob session to, to start the show and uh, tell us how you've been
8: all right let me mop up here um <laughs> yeah you'll need a big mop. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm uh, Scott Davis, I write for uh, filmgeekcentral.com, which kind of does a lot of mainstream films, but I try to also throw in the, the, my love of like uh, cult type films is there when I'm actually writing for it, which I haven't really for the last week or so. <laughs> Got, uh, Got I have my uh, YouTube web series, uh, Movieocracy. That's uh, that's on there. You know, see it. Several dozen people have liked it.
0: Uh, <laughs> that joke never gets old, man. I'm, well, I mean, tr- it's It's bad but true, you know. Well, enough with n- enough with the circle jerk here. Let's get on with why we came here tonight. Uh, this was an episode uh, spurred by obviously uh, the death of Blockbuster. Ever wondered what 10,000 videos do when no one's watching?
9: Wow, what a difference! Hey, Vinny, long time. Yeah, been on a three evening rental. Oh, you look like a new release. Oh, yes, ma'am, and I've never seen so many great videos. or more kids' videos. Blockbuster
7: Video. More movies, more nights, (laughs) more
0: fun.
4: Blockbuster Video. Wow, what a difference!
0: I I have so many hard feels about this. As you see, I'm just crying right now, just blubbering. (laughs) There's tears pouring down my face because Blockbuster died. Oh, poor Blockbuster. And uh, Mr. Andrew Scherer recommended, hey, how about we have an episode on this? And I concur because I think every single one of us that's on this panel – Either one lived at a video store basically most of their youth and growing up and adult lives, or even worked at a video store for an extended amount of time. So what I wanted to do is have you all on and let's talk about the death of the video store. Let's talk about how it was growing up, uh, what eventually happened. I, I let's just have a, a general discussion on video stores in them, uh, you know, in itself. Anybody have any? really fun uh, memories of going to the video store when they were a kid. I had one where uh, my, after my parents got divorced,
2: we, we my dad had to find a new video store because we used to hang out. Nord Video in Milwaukee. I don't know if anyone is familiar with the area, but Nord Video was the local... Not a franchise. They had like four stores, but they were still kind of a mom-and-pop store. But there was one out in Delafield, Wisconsin. And these guys, as you guys know, when, when you have a love for film and you used to go to the VHS, you used to be there for an hour. You'd pick one film and then you'd end up talking for an hour to these guys. And you you shared that love of videos and these guys occasionally would slide us a copy of the screeners they would get the promo uh, tapes they would get for films if they want to carry it and these guys hooked us up with the Dolph Lundgren Punisher Oh yeah, I love that movie. We, we were we were renting a video, and it, like I said, like you guys know, you get to know he's he's like your dealer. You, you get to know him. You, you know, it's like you're on a first name basis. And they were just like, "Hey, we got this copy of The Punisher just in. You guys want to watch it?" And we're like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" So they did, we didn't have to pay for anything. But I just remember the the novelty of getting to see a VHS tape before anyone else got to. See it, you know, outside of the, the video rental guys. You know, it was kind of like, oh, we're just like the video rental guys. You know, we get to see this stuff before everyone else. And I just remember that. I remember not liking the film too much because Dolph with with black hair just just didn't work. But uh, it was still cool that they uh, they felt you know trustworthy enough or whatever you want to call it to uh, just slide us that because uh, they weren't just giving it to everybody. So that was that was kind of cool that uh, they felt like you know that comfortable with giving it to us like that so because i remember the text on the bottom always saying if you like this video call this number
0: (laughs) oh one of my fondest memories of of an ad like that was the ad that ran before hellraiser do you guys remember that oh god yeah yeah. so until tomorrow remember that shopping at home with your phone from the shop at home club makes us happy (laughs) we love you and always smile when you dial
9: goodbye There, there, Percy. I know you're sad, because the Shop at Home Club is off the air for tonight. But Mommy's got a little surprise for you. Something new. Watch and wear video from New World. That's right, baby. At the end of this movie, there will be some great souvenir offers for us. T-shirts, satin jackets. Oh, I can hardly wait. What's the movie? Um, it's supposed to be scary, but we've seen scary movies before. Remember the Wicked Witch? This should be a piece of cake. <laughs>
0: <laughs> one of the best. Uh, that's seriously one of the best. If anybody that's listening or will be listening uh, hasn't seen that, YouTube it right away. I had a copy of Hellraiser that I had bought Hellraiser 1 and Hellraiser 2. Hellraiser 2 was where it was at because the unrated edition came out And it was so sick and so gross at that period of time. It was just like the holy grail of videotapes. I scoured numerous video stores to find this thing because I didn't have a catalog. I literally lived in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. And I had to like scour video stores all over (laughs) the state of Wisconsin to find this tape. And I was just so happy when I found it. Not saying that it was hell on earth because obviously I lived at video stores. I loved mom-and-pop video stores. It wasn't until much later when I needed money and I had to work at a Blockbuster that I actually went into one. I was always much more a frequenter of uh, mom-and-pop video Mm -hmm. stores from a very early age. Uh, Because when when we were growing up, and I'm sure you guys can attest to this, there were videos every single place that could possibly store videos (laughs) and rent them them from the grocery store to the... Um, gas station uh, to the hardware store. I had a hardware <laughs> store, a True Value in town that that rented out uh, Truth or Dare, Critical Madness, and Death Ship. It was it was amazing, and then Blockbuster came in and effectively, you know, effectively completely destroyed and eradicated those stores um, because those stores couldn't handle fifty, sixty to a hundred copies of Die Hard.
2: Yeah, but at the same point, the mom and pop stores gave you stuff like Man Bites Dog, the actual French edit that was really extreme I remember seeing that at the when I came to college here in Point they still had some mom and pop stores and they still they had a copy in the big clamshell of Man Mike's Dog and I'm like what the hell is this film and I watched it and I was like oh my god and I've never seen it Anywhere else in your blockbuster or whatever, it was only you know it was only at that mom and pop store that you had that. That and Redneck Zombies, they had the big clamshell of Redneck Zombies before Trauma picked it up.
8: That's what was so great about those smaller stores is that you'd go you and every neighborhood. It doesn't. I mean, you'd have to live in a very small neighborhood to, to only have one video store back in the eighties and stuff like that. You, ordinarily, you had you know like three or four video stores and. As Derek said, you know, any grocery store, the like drug fair in New Jersey, and and you, and sometimes you'd had to put like down like a deposit in the early days and everything to do it. It was worth it because you'd say. What's this? I've never seen anything like this before. There was no internet. There was really very little like communication going on. So you had to discover a lot of this shit yourself, and you found some amazing stuff. You know, I, I used to go. I used to hop to all the different video stores every week. I mean, people. I was a total like shut in. I mean, everybody else would when they were a kid. You know, a lot of the people would like to, to. You know, when you're like those ages, you don't. You can't. You're not old enough to go out, but you. Don't really want to like play baseball with the kids (laughs) in the neighborhood or anything like that. I'm like, no, no, no. Weekend, I rent movies and every weekend I would actually plan which store I would go to. Am I going to go to the video merchant with the, like the little musty smell. Am I going to go to uh, Johnny's TV who, where they have their Basset hounds, like guarding the entrance to the porno section. <laughs> true. True. Am I going to go to like all these other things, you know, and you know, you'd find, and that's where, cause you have to hop there. Cause you'd have to say, okay, I've seen everything they've had, that they've got really to offer right now. Let's go over here and then I'll come back, and you'd always find new treasures every single time. It was really amazing because you didn't have that instant grapevine of people saying, hey, have you heard about this, you know?
0: Yeah, and on top of that, I want to hear this because this was always something that flabbergasted me. (laughs) Andrew, what was the hugest, like – Application that you had to fill out in order to become a member at one of these stores. I, mean, oh God, I yeah. mean, didn't it feel back in the day like you literally almost had to give blood in order to rent a, a video at a store? Well, I mean, uh, with, yeah, a lot
7: of those places, I mean, my, my dad was the one who had the account uh, when I was a kid at all the stores, so I can't really... Speak on that, but as an employee of others, you know, a few different, a couple of chains and a couple of independents, uh, I can remember that, you know, Blockbuster wanted you to have the credit card, which turned a lot of people off because they just didn't understand putting down a deposit for merchandise that you were going to take, <laughs> you know, and right. supposed to bring back. But um, they did want, uh, hell of a lot of information because they wanted to be able to, they wanted to know who had their shit and how to exactly get it back from that person if they had to. So that was like the big deal. And the smaller the store, the stricter they were uh, to the point where one of them video library, which was the coolest store, uh, they sent the police to your house if you oh, know, like, and oh. the cops got, the cops got free porn from link. So they really <laughs>
8: nice. Yeah. It's like a sweetheart deal. Like, no, seriously, you do want to follow up on our late fees. We yeah. I know you have- we will hook you up with Tracy Lords. I mean yeah. the stuff that they are taking off the market, wink wink. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, you didn't you didn't
7: have regular cops come to your door, you had, you know, your maniac or fucking Travis Bickle
0: cop come to you. <laughs> <laughs> No, <laughs> no, Brian, you you come from the big city of Chicago. What are your uh, you know recollections? What?
6: This is that's a funny thing, Derek. I I I've lived in the big city of Chicago for a long time. I grew up. I may be even a town smaller than anyone else on this radio. There was 600 people, maybe. Oh wow! Oh, wow. <laughs> so we so we actually. You know, I I was. Go- even got like a mom and pop store with like the video se- selections and things like that. I mean, I I, little, I, I came back um, after my first year of college here in Chicago under protest. I, I had gotten mono. I did not want to go back to To East Rhinoff, New York um, after spending a year in the city. It, it, it was horrible. But they finally had um, some video stores pop up and the best one was this mom and pop right around the corner. Um, I, I lived off of Main Street, as all small towns have a Main Street, and yep. it was the Main Street. Now I think it's a typical store that everyone has and then next to Fatal Attraction, and, you know, the comedy the of the day, they had things like Blood Sucking Freaks, <laughs> um, creepers. It was the first Dario Gento I saw, even even in a watered down form. I, lo- right. I freaking loved that. Uh, yeah. Creepers, bloodsucking freaks. A uh, weird thing that I actually found at a Salvation Army uh, not too long ago uh, called Shadow Play, which was basically a ghost infused lifetime movie only was like a major (laughs) release with D. Wallace stone and Cloris Leachman. D. Wallace is this playwright who who's husband around and she goes back to hang with the mother-in-law who's Cloris Leachman, who's, who's never really, um, you know, accepted her. And I just remembered them having like a big reading of her new play. And it was really boring and really, really, really bad. I just remember is that blood, creepers and all the mainstream shit but, but I, I think like everyone's saying like these, these small little mom and pop stores the shit you would
7: find <laughs> well, yeah, I happy, remember uh, Blockbuster know, so. when it was new actually did carry a lot of really obscure stuff because mm-hmm. I grew up in Atlanta and uh, we went to the first Blockbuster that we had there and uh, I can remember getting a uh, laser blast from there <laughs> and I was a teenage zombie those were the oh, yeah. ones we ran in yeah. so they, they yeah. did you know they it, had it you're was right whatever was available to all, all video stores is the only things
0: blockbuster could get at the beginning too so right so until they got stuff. they secured those uh, studio contracts
7: yeah. in the beginning they were scared of video stores the way they were scared of television they didn't want people uh, having this personal experience with their movies they wanted them because they thought it was gonna kill the theater so mm-hmm very similar
6: but, but also um, even into the early 90s you could find some crazy shit at Blockbuster just because they needed so much material I, I think it's the whole point behind you know, you know the documentary you did Derek with, with Triumvirate uh, Linnea and Michelle Brink Is I mean I saw Creepazoids for the first time from the Blockbuster uh, I, I mean oh, you we know, were carrying, you, um, We you had could Columbia still file there into the, into the 90s find some
0: crazy shit yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Andrew, what, what did you have to say?
7: Well, I was going to say the blockbuster that I worked at in you know the mid nineties, um, we had sh- some shot on video stuff. We had, a, a addicted to murder. Um, we had, uh, oh, yeah. we had some of the Polonia brothers stuff too. Uh, we didn't have any of the brain escape, which later became, um, yeah, cinema or Pop Cinema, but uh some of the other chains actually did carry those and I worked at a store that had the Tim Ritter's stuff also. And that, see, was, yeah, that yeah, was that was, was the chain too. Carry
8: sure all that shit too, yeah. That, that I loved that store and I think that you now you mentioned I think that I did see the polonium Brothers house that screamed when <laughs> back when back no. when um back when Dead Alive released it. Mm. Uh and uh, I think I saw that from a blockbuster. And then the video update had all the Seduction Cinema titles before they were actually Seduction Cinema and all
7: that. Other stuff. <laughs> yeah. I worked yeah. for a video update, I remember. <laughs> I, loved update. I loved video update. I worked for them, too. Yeah, they had um, some of the the Ron Atkins stuff, uh, Schizophreniac, the Horror Mangler. Oh, yeah, the Horror Mangler. Yeah.
8: Early 2000s, early 2000s, we hadn't, they hadn't quite gotten rid of the VHSs yet, and I could still go over to the video update that I was working at. After work, and I went in and I, let's see, what did I get? I got Night of the Howling Beast, Paul Nachi, Hot Times, which is kind of the uh, very nudity-filled uh, uh, takeoff on of Archie from the 70s from Jim McBride. I can't remember the name of the title. The, the Kilimanjaro movie with the killer baboons and Timothy Bottoms. The, the Bottom.
0: Shadows oh, of the Kilimanjaro. Oh, oh, the yes, of thank the you. Kilimanjaro. I yeah. love that. Lots yeah. of <laughs> shit
8: like that. I used to, like, I used to, like take that. home, like, ten things a night, and they are like, Good God! What what are you renting? Like no one has rented this in two years. I'm like I know it. These uh, to
0: we love. Dude, I we, we had a, a planet video. It was the other big chain that came into Eau Claire because I'm, uh, I grew up. For a good chunk of my uh, high school days uh, in Augusta, Wisconsin, which is near Eau Claire, which is just an eye blinker. It's literally a stop sign, uh, an IGA uh, in a bar. Um, (laughs) And uh, this planet video, I swear, nobody ever went through the horror section whatsoever Mm whatsoever. And they had the weirdest, most obscure shit. Like, that's when I first saw Stage Fright Michelle Suave's mm-hmm. Stage yeah. Fright, which I fucking love that movie. And all sorts of great, like, Mountain of the Cannibal God and shit like that. Great. I got all that stuff from that place. And I just, literally, I would drive in there, and I would spend a good hour and a half mm-hmm. just looking through those tapes and bringing home stacks of tapes. And that's what I did. I lived in the middle of nowhere. I was your quintessential nerd that that sat and watched TV all night and got up tired the next day. Everyone else was tired because they were out drinking and partying. And I was tired because I was up all night. Watching fucking redneck zombies and Mountain of the Cannibal God. Yeah. So, so I, I those those days are, are were really good. I mean, there's everyone always has their their favorite video store when they were growing up, uh, because they're like you had said, Mark. You you formed a relationship with these people and these people that that did the ordering for a lot of these mom and pops. Um, they would usually order for their tastes or right. <laughs> more so than their clientele. <laughs> uh, that's how you had all these varying catalogs where if you went into one blockbuster you could rest assured the next blockbuster was going to have the exact same thing. It was very rare at least in my instance that you would end up finding a very personalized catalog of films and they yeah. certainly didn't do what a lot of video stores like here in the Oshkosh area. They had a video store called Captain's Video which is one of my all-time favorite video stores I've ever walked into, besides Scarecrow Video, which is a video store we'll leave for a little later. We'll we'll talk about that. But they had, I know, and I'm sure you guys walked into these places where they had uh, an alcove that was dressed up for the horror section. Yeah. That looked like a cave or a castle. <laughs> and it had lights that were flickering and you walked into it and when you were a kid, you when you'd walk into that kind of thing, it was just like mystifying. It was like, <laughs> oh man, I shouldn't really be back here looking, <laughs> looking at the, this copy of Faces of Death. Oh my God, I'm not supposed to be looking at this. Um I, I miss that stuff. I really miss that. Yeah. Did you did any of you guys have a video store that kind of sussied it and, and treated the horror genre really fun
7: like that yeah yeah we uh, i i did a uh, there's a two-hour episode of, of the cinema file my podcast where i interview a guy named leek Suter. he he ran the first video stores in athens in the 80s and he his store uh, I didn't get there until 97, but his store had, they had a Russ Meyer section that he put together. They had, you know, weird, uh, like he would order from video search of Miami, which is where I was getting weird tapes. And he had a whole section of BSOMs that he was renting out, no cover, just the description on it. Yeah. And, um, but, um, they, for the, for the horror section, I mean, you could tell that was the stuff that he loved because it was, I mean, everything was in there, man. Movies like short eyes, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? yeah it was just and he and he knew everything about him and he knew what i liked and i had never i mean i was a video store employee from other places in town at the time i'd never never experienced that kind of thing ever i mean he just when i came in he just has tapes and i never left without dropping 20 bucks never (laughs) never right well, there's not sad.
8: many places that cool, but I
0: mean, I did yeah. see,
8: I, I mean, I had, we had, we had the store where you'd go in and you could rent, you know, the gates of hell, which was of course, you know,
0: seven doors yeah. of death or yeah,
8: exactly. else, yeah. Well, it was the gates of hell. I actually, no, I think gates of hell was a uh, uh, city of living dead. <coughs>
7: It is. And, you're thinking uh, of yeah, the beyond. Yeah,
8: and, you're you know, right. And, and you're they, right. They, they, had, they had Manson, the, that old documentary from the seventies, you know, in the huge big box and, uh, vampire hookers in a clamshell case, you know? <laughs> and that was the thing, you know, sometimes you never do what you're going to get. I, I'd bring stuff home, you know. None of my, the, my friends, they were kind of amused by it. They said, like, what did Scott find at the store? <laughs> <laughs> because I know that he's not going to necessarily rent anything we're going to want to see. Right. He's going to use this to find all the shit that he's always wanted to see. (laughs) And this (laughs) is why, like, you're like, you got Bud the Chud? Oh, yeah, baby.
0: Oh, yeah, baby. I've had this conversation in the past on this radio show where I talked about, I think a few episodes ago we talked about this, uh, about I would do the same thing, where I would be sent into the video store and then I'd bring out the Undertaker and his pals and Orgy of the Dead and everyone would be pissed off at me and I would (laughs) be like like a puppy with two
8: Peters no, running around. You, you know, have a good old time. It's even <laughs> well, Wayne's.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: Well, oh, it, yeah. It, it's funny with Faces of Death. I remember uh, seeing that on the shelf and it was there and you kind of felt bad. You're not bad, but like naughty for renting it because you had hurt... It read, mm. not seen on internet yet, read in magazines about faces of death and the controversy. And I remember and I walked up rented the guy didn't. I mean, I was too young to probably watch it, but the guy didn't care. He knew me. He knew my dad. You know, I rented that. I remember seeing that. And you look at that, and I'm like, that just blew my mind, you know. It was like, nah, i can't be that graphic. And you plugged it in,
0: you're like oh is that real yeah you (laughs) could get away with that shit back then because you didn't have things like YouTube where a million and a half shysters were were pulling I was just talking about this this weekend where we're faces of death you know you watch it now you're like oh yeah this is fake that's fake that's fake none of this is real Um, but it does have a charm about it where where back then holy shit I remember they were playing that stuff at midnight screenings at 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 the Oakwood Mall Cinema in uh, (laughs) Oakland wisconsin and i remember coming out of there going holy shit i just saw some stuff nobody should be seeing it. You know? <laughs> it is and, all
2: and you didn't have the internet to share it with people so you just had your group of people and you would tell them about it you're like I, this guy got shot on the yeah. camera and it yeah, was like weird. traces of death like <laughs> yeah.
0: those traces of death videos those things are completely moot now you have things like rotten.com and and all that fucking internet garbage and makes me want to barf now how many of you guys actually worked in stores now andrew already admitted to doing so brian did you work at a video store
6: no dude but kind of big cool story is that a buddy of mine this guy bruce um worked at one of the mom and pop stores. I was in Chicago for years and you know, by the you know, mid to late nineties w- was gone. But I got kinda started me on my big becoming a collector. Cause literally, Mark, you had talked about like the video clerk sharing those screeners with you. Mm-hmm. He would give me all that shit. Like I would get, like, all the crazy horror screeners he would just give to me. I've got, like, this rare Jason Goes to Hell stand-up cardboard thing that is signed by Kane Hodder that's hanging on my wall right now. So nice. um, He would give me the posters. Like, I've got Ginger Lynn Allen signed, this mind, body, and soul poster. Mm. So I didn't work at a video store, but I kind of did. I, I And it's the same thing. I mean – they just had, they weren't buying a lot of new horror, but they had things like In the Shadow of the Kilimanjaro and The Town That Dreaded Sundown and shit that I'd always wanted to see that I hadn't seen yet. So, uh, and I, I could run it for free because Bruce would just like hook me up. So in a way it was even better. I didn't have to like, you know, slave there and uh, I got all the benefits of anything that came through, posters, pro- promo shit. I, I, I would just get, I would just get, I've got a lot that shit signed now by people and it, it, so some of it's or So
0: yeah, that honestly sounds like you had the best deal because uh, my experiences. I remember growing up thinking, man, my ultimate, the ultimate thing I could ever do is work at a video store. I'd be surrounded by videos all the time. I could take home whatever I wanted to. I I would just be like a junkie, you know. I could I could do whatever, and then. The, the glamour of it, because the video stores that I worked at, they all sucked. <laughs> and uh, they sucked the life out of me. And mostly the customers sucked the life out of me. Oh. Um, I, I honestly think that by the time I was done with my video store uh, employment, which ended at Blockbuster. Funny <laughs> enough, um, does. I I hated everybody. I yeah. literally hated every single last person that came in there. And but that's um, retail, though. That's any retail. Deal. Yeah, yeah that's retail. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Well, one of the things about Blockbuster, and I'll go. On, I'll move on, to Mark and, and Scott. We haven't talked if you guys worked yet, but um, uh, one of my one of my stories of of Blockbuster, one of my fond memories, if you will, was that the Blockbuster that I had. It was. I just moved out with my wife to uh, Seattle, Washington. And uh, this was a job I could pick up on the quick. uh, This Blockbuster had just done a fire sale with all of its employees because they were all ganking money from the tills and stealing (laughs) movies and all this stuff. So they completely wiped the place out. And uh, they hired on a whole new crew of people. They didn't trust anybody. And I came in as a manager. And uh, at one point, uh, they had their regional managers and their internal police, as they called it, they would literally an internal police for Blockbuster come in and grill every last employee like once a month uh, just to make sure to put the, the fear of God that you better not be stealing a Nintendo 64 or ganking that, that 50th copy of my best friend's wedding that's sitting over there nobody wants to fucking touch anyways. So uh, one time they had me in there and I guess a few tapes that I had checked in had gone missing. And I'm like, oh, well... I don't have them. Um, I check in maybe, let's see, a few hundred tapes a day. Um, There's no way I could possibly account for them all. So are you telling me that every single tape that I touch, I am under suspicion for, for theft? And they're like, yes, 100%. If any of the tapes that you check in every day goes missing, we will come after you.
8: I've seen that happen.
0: That is my blockbuster memory is that they didn't even give a fuck about mostly about their employees. They sure as fuck didn't care about their, their customers. I mean, just look at their fucking selection. <laughs> but, <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Um, but, but they sure as fuck didn't care about their employees. They treat them like shit overworked them, terrible hours, horrible pay, and then treated them like they were, uh, they were freaking criminals. That that's so the, and Andrew and I kind of talked about this earlier where he posted Posted a picture on uh, my Facebook of uh, of his employee picks, and they're they're pretty some scandalous picks. I mean, now we look at them, they're like those are fucking awesome movies, like Man Bites Dog and From Beyond and, and Loving a Forty Five and stuff like that. Um, but the last month that I worked at Blockbuster, once it hit around like nine o'clock at night for the last like month that I worked there, because I essentially after I knew I was going to end up getting another job, it was just a matter of time. I was playing Dawn of the Dead and, and Undertaker and his pals and Orgy the Dead. I didn't give a fuck. And, and the thing is, nobody ended up coming in anyway, because really, those people that came in, they were drones. And I've said this before, and I, I may be, sound like an asshole, but the, the blockbuster catered to the people that wanted to come in and go to the new release wall and yes. pick up that one copy of Jingle All The Way that's been sitting there rotting on the shelf for however long because <laughs> they bought 500 copies of it. So that's what, my like, my memories of Blockbuster are just, maybe I'm just an old hipster who just never bought into the corporate mentality of what they had, sh- they were shoveling out because, I mean, they were terrible about their late fees, they were Nazis about their late fees to get a membership was ridiculous they charged way too much and gave you way too little when it came to how long you could actually rent their videos for i i am a bitch about i hated blockbuster i hated them even more after i worked there mark did you work at a blockbuster or did you work at a video store no I, I was
2: fortunate not to <laughs> I lived at a video store but I, I didn't I didn't work there so I couldn't I couldn't tell you too much experience there with it I did know and had heard horror stories about how bad employees were treated in that at those stores
0: so well um, we can we can have one of those stories from Mr. Scott because actually Mr. Scott Davis suffered because of this this newly uh, bankrupt company. Would you like to tell us your personal tale about
8: video? O- Oasis. So
0: there's got, or can you? Is there a statute of limitations? On there this?
8: actually is, and um, uh, and so it's so, so.
0: When I am going to talk about this tonight, but I'm going to be like, you know, very
8: like, you know, I work at a store in Alaska. <laughs> well, as, as
0: I said to you? As you keep saying, you have tens of listeners. Welcome to my show. Okay, there um, you go.
8: Uh, so no, <laughs> it's, it's like, you know okay. there is actually a, a, a thing, you know. But you know, on one hand, I'm like, okay, let's. So if I step around it and at the other hand, i I'm like, yeah. Uh,
0: but <laughs> we'll say what down. you can scott obviously yeah. don't get yourself in trouble but no, 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 no. Uh, let's, about, about, no, no, let's no, no, talk about let's talk about video we'll, we'll label it video oasis video oasis it w- <laughs> was your employer can you tell me a story about video, oasis, video
8: oasis? oasis is my current employer and they are going and they are closing all their national stores right now <laughs> um <laughs> here's the thing is that uh yeah it's um I'm sorry to, 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 you know, you'll hear me like interject every now and then like, uh-huh, yeah. You know, like I'm like like I'm like I'm a backup singer for like James Brown or something. But uh, the thing is that I, it's like I'm like just like testify. Yes, I heard that. You know, the last two movies we rented were Grown Ups 2 and White House Down. The very first movie I sold at the liquidation was Norbit. And I said, that is just so freaking typical. That is so typical because, yeah, it is. You, you do get the drugs. Now I do have some customers that I think are pretty cool. I, you get a lot of drones, and um, as Andrew was saying, you know, you get burnt out on the retail thing. I've it's like yeah, so like you know, we get those people, and if they if it's not you know what's new what's new what's new and funny what's new they they never go to the thousands and thousands of movies in the middle and then on the rare occasions that they do they say why don't you have any classics anymore well no <laughs> none of you fuckers rented them you know we yeah. did have good movies mm-hmm. but you know this is you know and this is not a, a fault of the company this is uh in itself
0: they're quite so much
8: as it's customer base mm-hmm. you yeah. And it's, it's really frustrating for somebody, you know, like me. I actually have grown to be the person who's known as really, oh, you don't, Ask him his opinion of movies. Yeah, he has a, an opinion about every movie, but he's really grumpy. He's really because a lot of the, the like like stuff like they said. They said like, can you recommend any of these new movies? And I look at him, I'm like, nah, they're all shit. <laughs> you know? um, yeah, and I'll like dig out like one. Like say so, like, yeah, this one this one was pretty good. This one was good, and it'll be like something or, like really obscure, either either totally cheesy or totally arty. (laughs) you know I, uh, you just don't get it. it. It's You get all these people and they, they just don't get it. And th- you'll have people who don't know anything about movies. They will try to yeah. tell you they know yes. about movies. I had somebody come in. The example I always use is that somebody came in asking for the movie Sabrina. Okay, well, this is not a rare case where we actually had the original copy. You know, Audrey Hepburn, William Holden, Humphrey, right. Hogarth, great movie <laughs> and uh, classic film. And they said like, hi, I'm looking for Sabrina. I'm like, I said, Oh, okay, and I always say the original or the remake. <laughs> Duh! The original with Harrison Ford. (laughs) I that was when I almost. That's when I first said yes, I could kill a person.
0: Dude, there were so many instances where anytime somebody would come up to me and recommend a movie, I would recommend. I would be like, oh, there's this really great movie. I think you'll love. It's called Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. It's right over here. Believe it or not, we still carry that. Oh man, was it the cut version or the uncut version?
8: I uh, and and I do recommend that I do re- I recommend that sometimes to people that I love and sometimes to people that I hate.
0: I was an awful I was an awful video store employee because once I became jaded, man, I was recommending the most filthy shit to the most unsuspecting <laughs> people. It
8: you get just, to love passive aggression too, don't you? you well, get that's to like, why just, I love just like suddenly clerks. mess with people like the if they are trying to exit through the enter door. You just don't tell them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you just watch. <laughs> well, I don't know about you, but I worked at a family video, which is a chain here in the Midwest that's big. It's called family video, and it has a porno section.
2: Yeah, it does. Because the family that lays together <laughs> hey, you keeping
7: your pants, keeping the family video. Yes.
2: Yeah, they even make you, you feel seedy going back by
0: it. It's got the door in the back in the corner with the yep. closet. The big box, VHS. I even think I, I couldn't tell. I, could, I live right down the street from one. I have been in that back room. I don't know, Mark, do they still do do DVDs or do they still have the big box VHS back there? Last Uh, time I was in when they had big box VHS. So I've been told... No, Ah. (laughs) No,
2: There's nothing but... There's just DVDs but it's interesting that uh, they do... That's why I actually like Family Video. They carry an interesting variety of stuff including in their uh, more adult section uh, where they have some retro Caballero. DVDs and that back there along with their modern stuff, so you've got you know, Devil the original Devil and Miss Jones yeah, on DVD yeah. back there, and, and all these other the green stuff. door, and it, all that stuff. Yeah, which blows me away, which is why I actually am happy Family Video's still around here in Point. We actually have two of them. Yeah, we have a bunch they, of
0: them here in Appleton, too.
2: Because they actually still carried, and in fact, they surprised me, because best, I was used to Milwaukee when I before I came up to college. I was used to Milwaukee, and if I didn't go to Nord Video when... Video?
8: oasis
2: was getting big the nord videos were shutting down obviously all the mom and pop ones were shutting down because no they weren't getting the business and video oasis like oh i don't have this variety i came up here to family video and i go holy crap they got this just obscure
0: stuff on the shelves yeah their and catalog was, stuff was is, is really weird i gotta admit their catalog stuff really sucks now. Yes. It
2: awful. was it was better when they were carrying VHS and DVD cuz they had some really great obscure VHS stuff, but now the DVDs are are really bad direct to video stuff or softcore stuff that they don't keep in the back.
0: <laughs> oh, it's some pretty dreadful stuff that's out there. I mean, ugh, ooh, 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 ooh. don't like it. But that you know was always what? fun like growing up, my my brother and his buddies, we'd go to and the reason why I used Video Oasis as as the is the, the, the go-to title for blockbuster, which I will also cover video oasis <laughs> video oasis there so say video oasis video okay anyways was an actual video store that i used to frequent it was my video store i mean that's where i first saw racerhead and where i first got my first copy of flash gordon and stuff like that yes. and it it had a, a, a little porno section that was off to the side <laughs> that had like a drape over it. Yeah, and It was drape. like this mysterious coming of age thing to be able to enter the porno section and, and check out. Oh, they got the devil in Miss Jones' you, you know. And
8: I could tell you so many stories about those sections because.
0: <laughs> oh, I don't even know if I want to hear. <laughs> yeah,
8: there. but you know, yeah, When I mean, like, it soon as like, you know, I go to wait, I go to go away after graduating high school. I go away to college, you know, and they have the video steers nearby, like they have porno sections. Cool, I'm going back there because they kind of you know, you're into cult films, you're those kind of things sometimes mix, yeah. <laughs> Plus, you know, you're 18 years old and you're horny, but yeah. also, I gotta tell you, I had uh, people would say, Oh, you you had worked at because I mean, this is not the only video store I've worked at, it's just the last. Right. i worked at tons of video stores, and um. They say, you know, oh, you had to deal with the adult customers. The adult customers
0: that I dealt with were the, were the best. best customers. Yep, they, they were came the in, best. they got their video, they went up to you and were silent. They got <laughs> their video, and then they hightailed the fuck out of there because they, they didn't want anyone knowing wanted. that they were going to jerk. They knew
8: what they wanted. They went in. They got out. If you had anybody who had questions about it, they were so damn adorable about it. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, uh, This movie here with the girl, is that the one that. that, that, that. Oh, is she to get it from behind? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. Yeah, but you. You had some of the best. Like, I have two stories I'm just going to tell real quick, if it's okay.
0: Yeah, go right ahead. I'd like to, have, I'd like to go down the row and have everybody tell tell me like their best video store uh story.
8: I, I know and I don't want to and I don't want to like, you know, dominate or anything cuz I know I can babble. But okay, two stories about the video, uh, adult video store at the last store I worked at that had an adult video <laughs> section, which was uh, probably about mm, 7 years ago or so. 6 or 7 years ago. For one, it was around the time that movie Pirates came out. So we're now talking into the, the end of the 2000s. Pirates.
2: Yeah, that's that
0: big budget is,
2: one, right? Yeah, that $2 million one. skeleton one, yeah. Here's the thing, that was filmed locally
8: on the sly. It was filmed down here in Clearwater, Florida on this pirate boat and here the thing is that this pirate boat is the boat that you go on and you take your family on. <laughs> when you are having, like, all these, like, little, like, you know, birthday parties and shit and... where the uh, icing
7: is already there. <laughs> and
8: you have all this stuff, like, and, you know, they're very, of course, specific about, you know, who gets on the boat, you know, and I think Pirates of the Caribbean, they shot a couple things there or something, I think, I don't know, and the, you, uh, you know, you, they're all, there's, like, these little pirate around and th- this is where it was shot, and apparently they pretended to be, like, an educational film company when they were shooting on it. <laughs> well, I heard about, and, and what I got the thing of... Uh, du- Uh, busted the the thing was that you know they like pretended to be this other movie and they're like filming up and of course they're just filming the normal scenes and of course there's like teamsters nearby saying hey ain't that common luvana you know and they're just (laughs) looking up (laughs) (laughs) and they
10: know who these
8: people are and you know so so it comes up in the newspaper I told my boss who was very very very
2: very cheap he said he was
8: very cheap about the I mean it it was an adult section I didn't want to go near I mean I've actually over Stuff from him and saying, "I'm not putting that out."
4: <laughs> like,
8: there's like this, like it was like really, it was the stuff that he could get the absolute cheapest. But I told him, "Go buy as many copies of this movie as you can," and he wasn't going to do it. He says it's expensive. He says it's like it's like you know, it costs yeah. like 50, 60 bucks a copy. Right. I right. said, "Do it." do it. He wound up buying tons of them because every single one sold for, like, (laughs) way more. Because what we did is we took it, took that thing, we put it on there, and we put the headline of the newspaper showing it was, uh, showing that it was locally shot there, and it said, the headline said, I'll never forget, because it was pirates, it said, Yo-ho, Yo-ho, oh no. (laughs) And so we put that up there. Everybody got that, you know, and so this was good because it, it with the people who didn't go out there and get like the 99 cent, you know, shot in a back alley porn or get the uh, stuff where we had we had uh, videos of women wrestling that like businessmen would come in from Orlando just to like get a hold of, you know, and pay 50 <laughs> if they weren't doing that, they could get pirates, you know, and we made a lot of money on that. The other story is the customers like most of the customers were totally dead silent. This is not always the case. We had this one person and he was like this guy who was older guy and he's in like one of those little motor scooter things you know to get around (laughs) and everything like that he's like barely making it and he comes up with a stack of things in his lap which thankfully he has the power to take out of his own lap and put up (laughs) on the counter (laughs) because i didn't want to do it and um you know that laugh has seen some action that i just did not want to be part of
2: Yeah, Um, yeah yeah
8: But this guy uh, – and there's like this really like conservative soccer mom behind him in line, and I don't think he knew she was there. I hope that he did because it would be funnier because I had to deal with this person, and he said, do you have any movie with the – you know where they shoot? I'm like where they – what now, sir? What I'm, I don't understand. You know where they're squirting around. And, you know, he, wanted, he, wanted, <laughs> he wanted squirting videos, and he was very graphic about what he wanted. He kept going into great detail, I'm like you're gonna. Ha-, and I could see this woman getting mortified behind me, I'm like I'm sorry, sir. You're gonna have to go into more detail. <laughs> he said, Jesus "I like these videos," Christ. and this is my favorite because he didn't understand the language great, so he says. I like the videos with the girls having the organisms. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, so suddenly it goes from like a you know like a porn uh, uh, like a fetish porn to like a Cronenberg horror show <laughs> you know, the girls having the organisms.
0: Oh my gosh, let's that that's awesome. I think we're we've had a good fill of porno stories and back room. I'm sorry, stories. man. No, no, no. Perfect, <laughs> Mark the movie man. Why don't you give me a nice, pleasant memory of. <laughs> of of a video (laughs) store that doesn't include women having organisms. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't have any
2: one specific story is I just know that I used to always be mistaken for an employee because people would grab a video or something, and I'd, I'd be that guy. So they'd pick up a video and go, oh, I wonder if that's good, and I'd look at it going, yeah, that one's all right, but if actually you want, you want this one over here. You know, and I do that constantly. You are the employee that didn't get paid. <laughs> I was the employee that did get paid. I, I'm
0: constantly, and I'll still do that occasionally. I offered
8: a job like that by doing that once. <laughs> oh, did you? (laughs)
0: really that's when you know you've been at a video store far too much
2: yeah (laughs) yeah yeah you know but uh no, nothing really. Just that I knew the guys, you know, wherever local video store was, I, I got friend. you know, I, I became, I knew them very well. So when I'd come in, they'd always say, oh, hey, I, I've got this or, or whatever. So, you know, it was just the video store for me, I wasn't really heavy into comics. I was for a little bit, but the video stores back then, the mom and pop ones are like the comic book stores now for comic book geeks. It was the same for, I think for everybody here, for movie geeks is that they were mom and pop they were a little personalized you'd go in you knew the guys behind the counter most of the time and they had you know stuff that you wanted and then the blockbusters came and that ruined it but no I don't really have any like major like fun stories like porn like this <laughs> although I did uh I did have my uh, video guys concerned because one week I came back from uh spring break for college it was my freshman year and my mom and uh her boyfriend uh they left for the week to travel and no one that I knew was in town so I rented 35 movies in a week <laughs> Jesus Christ that's almost I, as bad I, as me I watched five movies a day my entire spring break I just I go into the store and I go what the, haven't I seen okay 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 yeah. <laughs> I, you know what I knew when they opened and I come back the next day here you go and I come five more and after like the third time the guy's going well what are you doing <laughs> you know he thought he's like you're not copying these are you because remember that was the big thing back that is once the VCR yeah. home VCRs were there. Oh, the copying of the VHS tapes, which you know none of them's ever done. So, <laughs> not with Macrovision. Fuck no. Oh, Macrovision. Oh, yeah, oh, we we had I we
8: read at Macrovision so damn early. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we, we had
8: well, a way, Not we,
0: everyone's a badass like you, Scott.
8: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I was. To, I was totally hardcore with my. We figured like, we figured, we right figured
2: right. out
0: a way around the Macrovision, so
2: uh, it was it had to deal with the tape decks, which ones you used and uh, some of them if you use the same brand, it would carry over. If you didn't, it wouldn't carry over. Uh, We also have beta machines, so You know, my family was big into movies. So that was like our thing was when my dad would pick me up for the weekends he had me, we would do our traditional stop at the cops, get the supper for the evening, which was the chicken already made. And then we'd go to the video store and rent like four or five movies. And and that's, you know, we're sitting there eating chicken and watching Hellraiser. So
0: (laughs) that was pretty fucking amazing to me. Mr. Andrew, why don't you why don't you give me an, a nice tale about uh, your many feels with video stores and working at video stores? Well,
7: I mean, you know, they, uh, I can't I can't talk about the video store experience without mentioning my recently departed dad, who was the guy who was I mean I watched him pay eighty nine ninety nine for Aliens when it came out on. Video. <laughs> Wow! This, this guy was—you know—he was hardcore. He was bringing home stuff all the time. Brought home Face of Death. Brought home Herschel Gordon Lewis. Brought home the, everything. So I really just saw the value early on of having a uh, a movie, a collection of movies. So I really got a job at, at uh, Video Oasis, the first store I worked at. wasn't still in high school, just so I could start really just building my, my library of movies. And you could easily, uh, sell movies to yourself for like a dollar. Um, they would routinely take over mom and pop stores and you'd get this huge box full of films, some of which, uh, were not in our catalog. So they just went for sale for a buck and I picked up tons of cool yeah. stuff through that but there are yeah i mean i have stories funny things i worked there for two and a half years of customers doing crazy shit but um I, my my big st- my biggest my most memorable story from working for video oasis was not the guy who tried to punch me because i didn't have bambi in front of his kids. <laughs> Uh, and not, not things like that. Um, uh, we did have a really hilarious... Uh, we had a foreign woman who uh, who caught uh, someone shoplifting video games and she was holding him by the hood of his jacket. And I was like, no, we don't catch them. Let him go and we'll call the cops. I'm shouting from the other side of the store. And I was like, let him go. And she's like, I caught a thief. I caught a thief. I'm like, no, 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 let him go. She let go of his hood and he just ate shit. Like he broke his nose blood everywhere. Oh, wow. but, but really the... Um, the thing I remember most honestly is, uh, you know, every
8: video Oasis
7: was different in terms of the management as to your experience there. I had the opposite experience of Derek for working for video Oasis. The, the customer stuff, uh, my, the, the guy who ran, actually owned the store was never there. So I was 18 and had the keys to the place. So, uh, really we had a, we had a lot of fun. The only thing that was shit was the middle nineties was at the height of their family turnaround. They were really trying to be the family video store. Yeah. So, yeah. um, Right. A lot of a lot of really shit things were happening. You were getting the R rated version of stuff. You weren't getting at all movies like kids that were hugely popular because yeah. the indie boom was happening and everybody wanted to know why didn't we have the N C seventeen showgirls? Why didn't we have kids? You know what I mean? But um the worst thing that they ever did this was horrifying because I do have a story about when I knew they were going to be sucked under, when I knew they were shooting themselves in the foot. There's a story about that. There's a story of me being fired also and why it's a, it beats yours, Derek,
0: um, <laughs> <laughs> and in it's, and
7: its shittiness.
0: Uh, well, I, I eventually walked out. I eventually told them to stick it because I had enough because they were being assholes to me. I'm like, oh, you sure. know what? fuck you. I'm done.
7: No, I had a store accuse me of stealing. and That was the end of my video store career uh, completely. Uh, totally. But uh, that wasn't
8: video Oasis video Oasis
7: It was the worst. Absolutely. But, um, they did a thing. We would get email, an early version of email every morning. And these were the things you had to do for the day. And one day we got this thing that was an email called the questionable cover art pull. And it was a list of films, oh, which man. they felt the cover art, um, was not in line with the family image. And therefore we're going to need to go away and be destroyed. Um, but, uh, the, the next email came is that, no, we're going to previously view them so we can stick these movies. They didn't mind making money off them still. Right. They weren't going to go in the dumpster. Like originally they originally said, right. These were mostly your uh, Shannon Tweed, your Shannon worry body of, evidence things like that yeah. um but curiously skin um Max. yeah it, it's skin Max stuff anything with boobs on the cover um but uh in with all of those movies uh was uh, a movie called the tin drum which later was released on Criterion as an oscar-nominated uh, foreign film a video store video in oasis florida had been brought up on child pornography charges for the scene in the tin drum where uh, a young boy sees a woman take uh, her cl- change her clothes at the at the beach that's child pornography so oh, in with okay. all these questionable cover art pools and then, you know the whole thing of this was the artwork, people seeing the covers, the tin drum, which just has a young boy on the front with a drum.
2: Oh God, <laughs>
7: they were using this to get rid of that film from their library and it was just in there with all this other stuff. see what right. I'm saying that was that's an example of some of the really way off the mark kind of shit that they were doing. Uh, as a company but they were you know they were completely ignorant of things that were changing i was doing a zine and writing reviews even then and i started doing a blog online even then they weren't even Thinking about you want to know? Do you guys want to know how what they thought about DVD when that technology first came? Oh, out? Do you oh really yeah! Know? I
0: had a video store I was working at. They had just about the same thought that DVD was was gonna die. It was never going to laser take disc over over part BHF.
7: two to them. It was yeah. laser disc part two, and they yeah. had no no interest in it whatsoever. And they, you know, I'm sure that's what they thought about online rentals too. They just were living high on the hog for so long that it fucking went right down the toilet. But uh, right. quickly, how I was fired from Video Oasis um, <laughs> awesome. I had worked for them for two and a half years got it transferred to another town uh, I had used to pick up shifts at other Atlanta stores when I checked the catalogs and knew who had say an original Evil Dead I would work there and sell it to myself for like a penny I would do stuff like that it's like sure I'll take a management shift on a Saturday night yeah, God, yeah, Andrew's yeah. an awesome guy Like no it's because I want Evil Dead <laughs> you know, that was before you could just like, there were billions of copies of Evil Dead around um, so uh, I did it for my collection but I I get a call from the guy who ran the store. He's like, I need you to come in. Keep in mind four days working at this place that I transferred to. Um, he's like, I mean, and I need you to bring your keys. So I'm like, Oh God, I've never been fired. What's going <laughs> to happen here? The the district guy, those, pe- those people who come through the stores, those, yes. the, the cops at yeah. Blockbuster yes. that, that yes. Are, are unannounced. I was caught on tape doing something and they were in the back office watching this tape of what I was caught doing. What I was caught doing was not saying hello to a customer that walked in the door. Oh yeah. Oh they used the excuse to get rid of you. Yeah, I was totally Bullshit. Yeah, yeah yep. that was that was the end of uh that was the end of my career. But yeah, when I because my dad was so into new technology and stuff, he we had beta first. We were going to all those first video stores. The first video store I mm-hmm. ever went to had a reanimator poster in the door, you know. So it was a. Um, he was like, I'm reading about this DVD thing. You should ask the big bosses next time they have those regional meetings, what they're going to do about DVD. I sure enough raised my hand. And I was like, Hey, this yeah. was, you know, 96, maybe. So yeah. we we're looking at DVD and I like, no." that's you know they just basically laughed at me so
0: no, they, I had the same thing at know? a family video I worked at where the manager I'm just like you guys better start looking into this because I mean it's starting to take off oh no I will never VHS is going to last forever it's never going to go anywhere and no, but by making themselves
7: thing- the McDonald's of, of um, video stores they, they just forgot the key element of you know paying people out of their millions to research emerging technology and be the leader in it and they were absolutely not interested in that and that's one of the reasons not not only why they got left behind but they left behind a legacy of, of bullshit because um they cultivated the customer the uh, the red box they created red box basically by the yeah. wall hugger culture where you know all they want is the newest dumbest thing and they want it yesterday yep. and yep. all people want to do is is kind of get that so i don't i don't mourn the loss of the of the video store as a whole and i definitely don't mourn the loss of blockbuster who was killing themselves and bleeding out right. slowly for a totally. very very long time but um that was, that was my, that was my, I could probably write a book about all the crazy shit, but that was, um, that's definitely my key points from working yeah. there.
0: I think anybody that's worked at a video store has quite a few stories to tell about just the stupid, especially at a corporate store, like, uh, blockbuster, they just did so many stupid asinine things to make. Yeah, books. it
7: is, it is exactly like clerks
0: and high fidelity. I mean, yeah. <laughs> absolutely absolutely brian do you got you have anything to add here you said you didn't work at a video store but uh you have any uh thoughts on you know the death of uh the video store here and what it means going forward
6: yeah i think it's bittersweet uh obviously you know and there's a lot of great memories that we all have tied up with it um i think my funny story uh, a video story is is my buddy bruce who worked at this mom and pop place um they didn't get rid of, and I, I hope this isn't like a legal thing either, but they did not get rid of their Tracy Lord's videos. Oh, uh, they, 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 they they, yeah, they, 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 they years after they were supposed to be withdrawn, um, because of the legal issues, they still had them. So I of course had to see them. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you
6: filthy beast. <laughs> And them. Tape them, you know, tape to tape them. Tape
0: them and oh, yeah. give them to everyone. So about, about into like late 90s, this, this
6: is the funny part, but uh, you know, I, I had done professional theater in Chicago for years, um, did a lot of social political stuff, women's rights, you know, abuse issues, things like that, and got sucked into the gay ghetto doing gay theater, like gay themed comedies and blah, blah, blah. And uh, that, that was huge as, especially as gay pride got bigger and bigger here in Chicago, that was a huge huge, huge kind of stage genre. So I'm directing one of these shows, which I, which I also happen to have written and mentioned it to one of the cast members. And the entire cast is, you know, I think there's a couple straight women in the cast and the rest of the cast is gay mentioned that I had the Tracy Lords tapes (laughs) and the entire gay male cast of the show wound up watching these tapes <laughs> at <in>
4: <laughs> <laughs>
6: everyone wanted to see one guy on vacation to Philadelphia and showed him to all his friends and and so I, I think all great guys you know the, the, there wasn't a diva or, or, or nasty you know gay male among them so I think that's like just maybe this, the lesson here is that never trust a gay man who doesn't like pussy <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow! So I don't wow. think there's a single one of us that are that are sitting here that probably hasn't seen that Tracy Lord's tape. I, uh, that was infamous. That was a big deal back. Yeah, when I worked with a, one of the
7: fellow clerks at one of the independents that I worked at had the tapes, so that was how I saw. Them.
2: Yeah, my, my dad had them.
0: <laughs> I found them. Mark's like, oh, I remember it well. I, I, I found
2: them and yeah, beta. They were they were beta. Well,
4: I had, hey,
8: she's my age. I had, I
2: had, the movie that I the movie that I thought we were
7: watching this week was Excision. I thought we were watching Excision with Tracy Lords, and I was able to actually tell Tracy to her face how incredible she is in she Excision. Awesome. I, and, and, I think
6: and, she's. A- Good actors, even in that like to video stuff. I mean, I oh, yeah. some movie I think with Jeff Daniels, and she was just having a conversation, and literally she's kind of you know playing with the tablecloth and her so things we would normally do in a conversation, yeah. which you never see people do in movies. Mm-hmm. She was doing. I mean, she obviously got some training. Like it was like having a normal conversation.
7: There, yeah, there's a lot in you know, her was, book um, about about uh her you know the she, acting classes that she did and stuff. It's actually the underneath. Yeah.
2: She was smart back then. I mean, she but, actually but had her. You know, when she was doing that stuff, she had her own business. She had everybody fooled. I mean, she was making money. It was, and she had a business head on her apparently as well. I mean, well, she know, was smart that
0: she only did one more porno and then that, was done. Right after, after she, that, she yeah, was they able to pull out, and now she, you know, she ended up doing my favorite Tracy Lords movie, Cry Baby, which oh uh, yes, is, that's where yes. she met her
7: husband on the set of Cry Baby. Yes.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's she's awesome. I've always liked her. And just everything that I see her in, even the Wynorski stuff... I love it. I, I yeah. have always I loved love her. As an actor. Now the,
7: the end of excision, I would put it to you know any actor to try and pull that off. The the, the emotions she has to do that are required oh, yeah. in a particular scene are would be tough for anyone. And she, yeah. I mean, I was I was happy to tell her that she totally nailed it. And I hope it turned things around for her because she'll always be synonymous with porn. But she's, you know, decades and decades past that. And, yeah. you know, what is it what is it going to take? You know? But, uh, right, that was an awesome. That scene was incredible. The whole movie's good, but that and John Waters is in it too.
2: There's a lot of people in Excision. Uh, I enjoyed Excision as well. Yeah, she did a great job, and it was great seeing some other faces that you had seen, you know, back when you were even a kid. And
0: that it show up horror faces. So yeah, uh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I was. I'm not the biggest fan of Excision. Is only. But I love Tracy Lords. No yeah. doubt was. The highlight of that movie. She's on oh, yeah. the park. So that's why I didn't watch this week's movie because I I'd already seen it. Oh, well, I'll let you I'll, uh, well, I'm not going to spoil it just yet when I thought about that movie that we watched this week. It's too bad that Tanya couldn't join us uh, tonight but she's she's off seeing Jesus son.
7: Yeah, the she, she, she breaks up the sausage party with all these things.
0: So yeah, she does. She, we need to leave a does. chair
7: in between us all.
0: <laughs> <That's it. laughs> let's wrap this this discussion about you know the v uh the video store up with what do you guys think you, you guys kind of glad that blockbuster's dead and that we're kind of moving into a new era or do you still kind of feel a little bit of nostalgia for those times of the hunt and uh, going into these places where you kind of felt like it was your sanctuary away from home where you could go and talk to like-minded geeks. Um, what I mean, what are, what's the general consensus? Brian, what do you, what do you think?
6: It's all changing and ever moving and, and life. So I think it's, it's bittersweet in the fact that it is, we do have fond memories of, you know, finding these obscure films, but I'm finding that for myself, at least I'm having just as much fun going to thrift stores and, <laughs> and, 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 things like that. And, and finding that it isn't on DVD yet and the, just the box cut stuff today i just found something called the legend of blood castle with uh who you old and which is also like female butcher and all that kind of stuff i mean so so to me that is amazing and, and fun and kind of has is even better for me i, I think in a way than and just because rare now and and it's it's such a thrill when i find something that you know isn't on dvd and is only on vhs with amazing cover art and, yeah yeah, um, it's and in it's, good it's amazing. Shape. And if for for two bucks, or, I don't think I'm mourning the loss of like blockbuster as much as I'm excited those fines I can get at any thrift and all, all that kind of shit.
0: So. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I've, I've kind of gone back to that same kind of mentality too, where I think I at times I get burnt out on the, the immediacy <sighs> of you know, and the accessibility of, of film now where you can either just, it's just a few click strokes away on my keyboard and it's all right there or streaming which I love streaming. I'll be I'll be honest, I'm not one of these jaded apps assholes who who condemns oh my god i shouldn't this is this is garbage the watering down and this is just another blockbuster blah 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 i love streaming i think it's the fucking awesomeness that i can sit on my couch and i can just plunk in a movie on either on like my amazon on demand where i can see amazing films like uh, pajama nightmare and uh, <laughs> great stuff like that. Hulu it, Plus it, has all those Criterion
2: collections on them. I'm like, uh-huh. it's, exactly. it's crazy. I
0: mean, you can see all this stuff. It's it's right there. That stuff I used to spend hours of my life <laughs> searching for in video stores is all at my fingertips, but I'm also a collector. So I do I appreciate, it. just like Brian, just like you going out to the thrift stores and finding, you know, I'm a big CED Buyer now. That's that's <laughs> something that I've gotten into. Not because they're good looking, um, because it's something that's it's a conversation starter. Whenever somebody comes to my house, they look at that. They're like, "Whoa, what the fuck is that?" And then I can pop it in, and it, it has a visceral feel to it where you push it in, and you take it out, and you start it up, and you can hear the bell go <laughs> and, and start it up. You're watching a fucking movie, and I, I, I love that hunt to be able. To find weird stuff like that and find videos that you never heard of before. And I, I think a lot of kids, you gotta watch out though. Gotta watch out. If you're gonna be one of these guys going on eBay, you're gonna get jacked. Like people are getting <laughs> jacked right now bidding on a freaking uh, clamshell of Tales from the Quad Head Zone that uh, Chester Novell Turner straight up came out and said, Hey, that's not legit. But people are bidding almost 900 bucks on it. So you got to watch out for that stuff. I mean, I, I'm a straight up hunter. I like going to the thrift stores. I like going through the secondhand places and, and finding this stuff legit in the wild. Uh, the, the eBays, you got to watch out. There's a lot of shysters out there. So I'd rather a face to face. I agree. I, I love that. I, I think there's a lot of yeah. people of our era that they're still like that still like going and talking to people and doing that kind of stuff. Andrew, what are your thoughts?
7: I mean, you know, you think about the movie nerd from, from decades ago, if they had Twitter, they'd be like television. I'm not watching a movie on fucking television. Yeah. <laughs> the theater you shitheads. This is the death of everything. Gaw. Next thing you know, they're going to be remaking silent films with voices in them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Original horror
7: only. <laughs> so, so really, I just think that, yeah, exactly. There's always been, um, with, with starting with television and then with home video, um, the, the lure of the personal experience with your media, not unlike, you know, checking a book out of the library or a book that you own sitting somewhere with it and checking it out. That's no different than somebody streaming Netflix on their phone and checking out an episode of a TV show or looking at uh, Bloody Birthday. Totally. You know what I mean? Right. Um, we live in the single greatest time for the movie geek and I for one am uh, really happy to uh, be the age that I am to where I can appreciate the fact that uh, well a good example when I quit going to the video store and joined Netflix was when I knew that Netflix had Rolling Thunder streaming and I was like I can't fucking get Rolling Thunder I really want to see Rolling Thunder so and uh, you know I go back to the video store and they'd had the five for five thing and I'm like really not wanting to watch all five of these I'm just trying to you know get a stack of I'm trying to get a Deal, but in all honesty, um, the, the technology with the internet, not just in terms of availability of films, but uh, your your knowledge of stuff that was coming out had leapt past what the video store could do for you. Yeah. I wanted um, the first two uh, physical DVDs I got from Netflix were a documentary called Fuck and Kirby Dick's This Film Has Not Yet Been Rated. And yes. uh, my, video store, my video store didn't have those. And it started to be, I'd come in there and they had none of the new movies that I wanted mm-hmm. to see. And they were an independent. It's just they couldn't possibly stock everything. And so I have very personalized taste, and I enjoyed, I enjoy being able to go to iTunes and uh, get a movie that I've heard of. And, uh, and you know, I do plug them into the dongle, watch them on my TV. I'm not, I can't do that, but, still, though, there's nothing, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Anybody who says, you know, that, that Netflix is bullshitter and this stuff is bullshit, Night of the Comet came out on Blu-ray yesterday. Christ. Yes. You know what I mean? This is the best, this is the it's best awesome. time, because uh-huh. how many I- movies in and would you just like kind of read about and hope that your store got the talking
0: Frankenhooker box or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> and Fucking so, Vampire Circus is on Blu-ray. For
7: exactly. Yeah. I mean, we, we, live, we live in a time where people of our generation are now in charge of this stuff and physical media isn't dying. There is in fact uh two documentaries that I know of about VHS cult. The yep. friends of mine that are a decade younger than me are obsessed with my tapes. You know, because there's like, you know, there, I have plenty of stuff that's not on DVD. I have a whole section of just women's prison movies that just either <laughs> never found their way to or the master they used was a cut version. And I've got the, the VHS that's shittier quality, but the whole entire movie. Um, so I, I think that uh, that HD sheen or whatever or the red box thing, is going to be just for the, the casual movie watcher and they'll have their thing but uh, for the film geek for the next generation of people like us it is just going to get better and better and better and as far as the video store thing that's nostalgia you know and we're going to have nostalgia for that like we have nostalgia for the older movies that get remade or like no no it's like well actually it's the future and go fuck yourself because we live in the utopia for movie nerds. I mean, I, yeah. I used to get those video search of Miami catalogs and just go through and just like Doris Wishman and weird stuff that I'd never heard of and I'd just buy them sight unseen. Ed Wood's necromania. You know, just, <laughs> just because it was just but Ed now, Wood
0: I, was on it. Yeah, <laughs> it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
7: and, and now something weird has the Roku channel. I could just sit there and watch those movies. That so. is mind-blowing. Just yeah. thinking about that. So really there's um, I have, I have nothing to complain about. The video store was only going to have a shelf life that was so long huh see what i did there but they're they're not going to completely go away um one of the guys in pajama nightmare contacted me to be in the film because he'd rented one of my old when i used to do vhs's of my movies before dvd um he's like i rented kill the movie from vision video on broad street i can't fucking believe i'm meeting you and i'm like Yeah. All right. So, I mean, there's, there's a, there's a thing about that people, uh, they've kind of come around cause, uh, they get sick of just whatever they want. People are always going to want an alternative to what's the mainstream thing. And yep. so there's going to be multiple formats. I watch movies on eight millimeter, like not super eight, but 8, I've got eight yeah. millimeter movies that I watch sometimes. I <laughs> I watch laser discs. I got a great Texas Chainsaw Massacre elite disc. That I love to throw on. That's awesome. I like flipping it over, but that's just being old. You know, the reality I'm is the same way, man, you that's, know, we live, we live in the yeah. best time and I'm, I'm sorry for the video store, but there, you know, it's, it was a thing for a time and there's no reason to get pissed off about it because, um, you know, as a movie fan, you have to be interested in, um, the ability to personalize your experience and to get the things that you want. And those stores were never at a point going to be able to get you everything you were reading about on the, internet if it wasn't for the internet you'd probably be still cool and they probably all be open but guys like me and you and all these other people on there we read about a movie we'll get it at any cost and if they don't won't sell it to us we'll fucking rip it off we'll do something we got to get it because you know that's the culture right
0: right Right, well, you know, for for a long time, the only way you could see our film Swamphead was VHS. It was the only way we released it initially. I've got and, my copy,
7: dude. I was telling people today um, about how I was getting my shorts online before YouTube existed. You know, and that that blows their mind too. I'm like, some of us were trying to figure it out. It was a pain in the ass, and YouTube is a great, great thing. You know, because oh. people bitch about all that stuff. I'm like, man, stop, stop being an old fuck. This is a beautiful time to be making movies
0: and to be a fan of them. Absolutely, I'm a hundred percent, one hundred thousand percent behind what you just said, Mark the Movie Man. What are, what are your final thoughts? Yeah,
2: same thing. It's a feeling of nostalgia with the video store. I don't miss it. We still have two of them here, the family videos that seem to be going strong. Um, and occasionally I'll drift in there, but uh, yeah, with the internet and streaming, uh, everything that that he said, it, it's true. It's it's really a great time for for movie geeks, and I think. You're handicapping yourself from viewing experiences by not exploring the, the streaming channels and not seeing what's out there right at your fingertips. And there is something to be said about a film experience in a the theater, but I've been going to a lot of uh, uh, theater movies lately uh, for my channel. And you know what? The, the, the experiences change there too. Yeah, you're where, getting old. You're getting old. That's get, why it's changing. It's gotta be. I'm getting old because I'm getting there, and people are annoying the piss out of me. <laughs> I'm get just like, phone. I'm like, get off my lawn, you know. Well, we um, didn't have the cell phones, in the the yeah, we were you know, very watching true. Yeah. So it's
7: it is a different culture for the the moviegoers, basically. And I I'm sorry for cutting in on this, but no, they, no, it's okay. They they, they want to. They kind of are just entertainment is easily gotten for them, so it's also, by the newer generation, um, easily, uh, quickly consumed and discarded. So Whereas whereas we would relish it, you know, and just be like, Killer Joe, goddamn, look at the Gene Anchor (laughs) shot. They'd just be like, "All right, yeah, okay, I saw Killer Joe, uh, you know, next thing,
0: they're they're just at Whatever. Whatever. I'm, like, tweeting this shit.
7: (laughs) Yeah, we do have a more better appreciation for it than they possibly can, and I I feel sorry for them because of that.
2: And and that is true to it, is that... we did hit, and I enjoy the same things that Derek and, and Brian mentioned. Uh, uh, I love going to, Good. here we have Goodwill, and we have a couple thrift stores, but I go to Goodwill, and I go to their media section, and I'm a big vinyl guy. I, I went and I bought this old stereo from a rummage sale because it's got a, a working turntable because I didn't like the USB turntable I had, but I, I go to their vinyl section, and I find the most weird shit on vinyl, and and the weirdest VH. That someone threw away, and it's like a buck. And I'm like, oh, I've got to get this, you know, and and that's exciting for me. But I also enjoy the streaming stuff. I enjoy flipping through the channels and suddenly go, holy shit, they've got this, you know, they've got barren blood, you know, (laughs) or, 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 you know, (laughs) and you're like, I got to watch that. I think, yeah, an appreciation for those films, though, is going to is there's some of the generation that really enjoy it, those that are embracing and looking for VHSs, oh my God, VHS. And then there's those other masses, the ones that are going to the red box and those that have their phones that are constantly tweeting during a movie that, you know, are missing out on that experience that we all grew up with. So one thing I am sad about with the video store is that you don't have kind of that movie hobby, comic book shop feeling for movie geeks. But on the other hand, uh, there's a lot of alternatives out there that are just as great and with the YouTube here we're hanging out right now talking about this shit you know you, you could do a hangout with friends and watch a movie together streaming online now you know some obscure film so uh, I think you know, it, it's, it's a bittersweet, you know, it, it's, it was a great experience, but on the other hand, there are a lot of other ways now to get that similar experience. Uh, and if you don't look for it or embrace it and, and just try to hold on to the old stuff, uh, I think you're missing out. So
7: and you don't have to be the weird kid that just comes in running horror all the time. Now you can meet people on the other side of the world the, yeah. that, that get you and you can share your experience with, and you don't have to feel so out of place and, and lonely where you are.
2: You can open say, yes, I enjoyed this film, Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers, oh. have everyone else, and have everyone else go, yeah, we loved it with the multiple
0: <laughs> body parts being thrown. <laughs> oh, that's a classic. Yeah, we're going to leave it up to you, seeing how you're the man that's out of a job <laughs> and, and, and we're, we're just taking advantage of it by shitting all over everything like, <laughs> paying your that's bills. Right. Just go um, work at Best you know, Buy. And
4: if I
8: see enough, <laughs> But, You know, and if I see and if I you know, and it's like I said, I work for the other places too and
0: you know, video oasis. You work for video oasis.
8: Yeah, if I if I see if I seem tired right now, it's because I've been so busy working eight hour days trying to close video oasis down. <laughs> it's just like, oh god, I'm just dragging. Oh my god. I understand the people who are, you know, happy to see it go, you know. I mean, <laughs> A lot of indie filmmakers and, you know, uh, cult video fans like like us got a little screwed over when they went to the whole family uh, era and went to total oh,
7: mainstream. Shit. I'm sorry. I forgot to tell you the ending of that story. One guy bought all the Shannon Worry and Skinamax tapes, but he had to sell him just the tapes. He didn't want the covers. We threw those in the chat. i <laughs> what? Good. That was the end that's of that, and wild. I completely forgot, but that happened. Nope. Okay.
8: That's wild. Sorry. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, you know, they, they got rid of all those things, and I get the is that now some people can have the satisfaction that they got run over by the bus that they happened to be driving for a long yeah. time, you know? But at the same time, I, I really, I totally agree with what Andrew said. I mean, 100%, because. <sighs> Okay, we have our nostalgia. We lo- we had this great time in our lives where we cherished these uh, visits to the video store, where we loved like looking at the boxes and stuff. That's over, you know, it, it, and it's not even necessarily every- one place's fault. Even even though you know, <laughs> even I I would certainly at times like to blame them entirely, and that. But it's 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 a case like um. Okay, if I can bring up a more mainstream film, does anybody remember the film Other People's Money?
4: Yeah. (laughs)
8: 1990. There's a scene at the end where there's like this wire and cable company and they're trying to save it. And the Danny DeVito character is this capitalist pig. And he says, you're never going to make it anyway because of fiber optics. He says, once upon a time in this country, there was a market for buggy whips. And I guarantee you, he says the last buggy whip manufacturer in the country made the best goddamn buggy whip you ever saw. You know, and that was, there, that was and that's it. You know, it wouldn't matter. Like, was, certainly, they're not doing the best job. They're not making the best videos anybody ever saw. But it's over. I have people coming in saying, "Wow, Redbox really killed you." Yeah, we, they were on the decline before
2: then. Way before then.
8: Red bo- Red box contributed.
7: The new Netflix, release wall was the Redbox, basically. Yeah, yeah. Netflix yep. really Same thing.
8: Contributed. Uh, Streaming contributed. I'd say there's just too many other ways to get your movies now. So that the brick and mortar store on a national chain, on a national level, of having a chain, it's gone it's dead. It, you can't sustain it. I do think and I don't think it's going to work for every neighborhood. But I do think that there will be certain neighborhoods out there when a, in a few years time, you'll you'll start to see mom and pop stores pop up again. Just certain neighborhoods where okay, you know, the people in this in this neighborhood, they're not the type to go get a streaming movie and so they'll get these little mom and pop things. It's not it's still not going to be like it was because no. that is dead. But on a national chain it's just over. It's just over. So I don't have awful feelings about it i don't have good feelings i'm kind of uh empathetic because i say, like you know what guys it was inevitable you know it's just the passing of time we have our things for nostalgia purposes we have these memories that sadly the new generation's not going to cherish but you know what 20 years from now they're going to be talking about the next thing which we can't even fathom is what it's going to be and they're going to talk about those great days when you could go on
2: Netflix
8: <laughs> yeah, and just do this. It's going to be something else. You know, yeah. it's all well, going to be
7: something else. Our generation too. We fetishize our childhoods. We fetishize yeah. all the things yes. we're into. Oh, we, yeah. we romanticize eating He-Man cereal while playing with the toy and watching the cartoon. Yeah, and exactly. anytime anything new happens to any of those things, we just say, Oh, we're being raped. We're being <laughs> raped. I hate that. It's a really horrible thing that you know, we're so into because we, you know, I grew up in the eighties. It was a very materialistic time. So, So we we romanticize just material things and you know, the video store I feel uh, and the video store experience, unfortunately, is is a is part of that. I think.
0: To be honest, I, I you sound really optimistic about this, Scott, and I think that's more of your your fandom, geekdom, you know, your 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 love for cinema that wants these things to thrive and and continue. But I'm not as optimistic. I, I really think the death knell for for brick and mortar stores across the board, not even on a national level. It was hit years ago, and it's just oh, the yeah. inevitable that they all dry up and die. The meat of media. And the convenience of media speaks to this generation. It speaks to the YouTube generation. It speaks to the cell phone generation, the iPad generation, the immediacy, being able to just do it and not think about it and not having to leave the comfort of your home to go drive cross town or down the block. Uh, people don't care about social interaction on a face-to-face level anymore. Why Why would they care if they had to go and do that? The only reason why Redbox thrives is because it's literally as soon as you leave a, a grocery grocery store or as soon as you leave a Walmart that's why that thing thrives it's a buck to rent a movie or what is it now like a buck 50 or whatever so you could rent a movie as you're leaving when you just actually handled money oh wait I still have that sensation kind of why don't I go over here and rent this movie for a buck I that do I not know. have the I I would my dignity, you know what I'm saying in front of a
7: red box. I couldn't do it. I see people queued up to rent from a red box in the rain and stuff, and I'm like, You poor motherfuckers. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> garbage. There's, there's there's really nothing in once. there, dude. You know, it's I garbage.
8: Did it, I did it once because un, because but I've seen some indie horror films
7: in Red Box. That I've, no, I've, the, surprises. The, the, the uh the, that that uh, Paul Bunyan thing is in, in one of them. I, I some, eyeball it. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I, it. Not,
8: I I got unlucky charms, Charles Band. Mm -hmm. unlucky charms because they were i knew that they were going to be the only people to have it and i said okay i want to i and i live in walking distance of a walmart you know so i walked to the walmart and i actually got it from there and about three weeks later my identity was
0: stolen like see I shouldn't have <laughs> a Red box It's because. all red boxes followed. Well, I can't really I shouldn't really say much of anything either because honestly, there is there is a little movie that I'm not gonna name that we're we're hoping winds up in a red box pretty soon. <laughs> but um but I, I understand why it's big. It doesn't matter to me. That's it's just always gonna shift, it's always gonna change. I think the last I wanna end this on a story about uh, one of my th- all-time favorite video stores that I ever got to walk into a week or two ago announced that it's it's in dire straits. And it's about to close its doors if it doesn't have a bump in uh, its clientele. And that's Seattle, Washington's amazing Museum to Cinema Scarecrow video. This place is an absolute warehouse. You walk into it and it is like almost intimidating seeing how many movies this place has. Now, I I saw it at the end of the 90s in the early uh, millennium. That's when I lived there. And I, it's it wasn't what it is now. Because now, I mean, it's just insane when you see the pictures. They have a cafe there now in order to, you know, pull people in and keep them there. They're having screenings there now um, on Friday nights and whatnot in a little Shit. screening area that used to be the kids' area. Um, but that place, literally, it has a room for every genre you could think of. It, had, it, it it goes from everywhere, from new releases and hot mainstream stuff to the obscure of the obscure. And the, it's all formats. They have VHS. They have, uh, at least when I was there, they had uh, Laserdisc and VHS and DVD. And I'm sure they have Blu-ray now. and that. But they had so much there. And it was always so amazing because they had little reviews on things and the employees took the time to point out just on the shelves. You didn't even need to go bother employees, which you should have, because they were all extremely knowledgeable in film and, uh, you could sit in literally just through walking through the store, get an education on film and and find things that you would have never found by walking into a blockbuster or, or a red box or anything like that. So it's my hope that, that, Places like this, because there are a few of them around the country. I always hear a one in Texas that's really big, and I'm sure you know there's one in New York and in and, and places like that. But uh, Scarecrow Video is a special kind of place that reminds me when I think about it, and it's all rosy tinted because I know. A- Filmmakers, there. I, like one of my fondest memories is walking in there, and I, at the time, I was really into Japanese horror. It was, it was around the time when on was getting released only on import, and Battle Royale, and Ringu, and and all of that. So that Guinea Pig series and all that stuff was starting to come out, and I was looking at it. I was all excited because The Flower of Flesh and Blood can be rented on on DVD. My mind had exploded. I could get <laughs> this and take it home and just watch this filthy nasty movie and I was sitting there just staring at the box going oh yes this is actually happening to me right now and I had this couple come up and start talking to me and uh, through the course of our conversation I found out they were making zombie porn <laughs> and uh, they were the nicest couple, and I finally got to see that movie, and it was disgusting, and I loved it. And, uh, and you don't know, get those experiences sitting on my couch.
7: No, and there's a local chain good. here in Athens called Vision Video that's got three stores, and they carry they have a shelf of uh, of my stuff, all my gonzerific DVDs. They have a shelf. Full.
0: That's yeah. awesome. See, there's I know there's other filmmakers that are doing. I know Fred Vogel has opened up a shop in Pittsburgh that uh, he's he's taking films because I know Corey Uddler. Just sent him a bunch of IDS films to put in his store. Um, I'll be sending him Swamphead whenever I supposedly get it, which is supposed to be this week. I don't know.
7: It's weird. Maybe. It's like starting. It's like a reset for video stores because in the beginning, uh, the studios didn't want the video store to have their you know movies. So it was all the like independent stuff. And the older the blockbuster store was that you were going to, the better off. Uh, you were if, for finding like some super old gore movie or something, because a lot of them had those. You know, they had the, the big 2000 Maniacs box and stuff like that. Some of the older blockbusters Blood still beast. had those. Yeah, with the tongue. Later, we had to put this giant sticker over stuff like that, and the cover of Rabbit and a few others that just said, "This image is not suitable for children." A big Oh my box.
0: God, I remember that box so well. We had my parents had have a cabin up in the Northwoods, and there was this video store we used to go to all the time that had that big. Box of Blood Feast. And I always thought, man, that is the grossest thing I've ever seen. The weirdest was a,
7: an independent I worked at um, that had a, uh, a. Some of the employees had hand drawn cover boxes for movies that <laughs> it had been lost. And uh, Black, Black Devil Doll from Hell was one of the ones they'd hand drawn. <gasps> <laughs> that is awesome.
0: I can only imagine what that My was mind's like. going to place.
7: Yeah, there was, you know, no camera phones back then. Otherwise, that, that would have been an Instagram moment for sure. <laughs> That's so
0: awesome. Yeah. Well, it, I personally, as, as I said, I have no problems that, that Blockbuster's dead. I hated the place. Always did. Um, they shot themselves in the foot they and did. in the head. And in the dick, so uh, good riddance. Let's stomp and piss and fart all over their grave. Welcome in the next era. Hopefully, it's kinder to the to the indies and uh, you know the small guy. That's that's where the real conversations had. I think you had a great. Uh, podcast last week Andrew uh, about the indie guy and road showing movies and stuff like that with that filmmaker that you had. Oh
7: yeah he came into town and I had coffee with him. If I could say this uh, it's a guy named Nathan Ives that made a feature film in LA and it's got like a uh, Vivica Fox is in it um, Beth Littleford is in it it has it does have some name actors but um, he's already got the iTunes deal and he's already got the Amazon deal he's taking his movie uh, he's booking it in the uh, art house theaters and the colleges and just driving around showing the movie doing Q&A and talking to people about what, what's the next thing what they want to see you know and how they want to get their movies and how to get it to them I mean he's really interested and he's got an idea for a, a really neat model for a website that he's uh, talked to me about and uh, this is stuff that wasn't in the show because he doesn't want anybody stealing his idea of course not (laughs) but but dude the ideas i mean I'm, i'm completely on board with it i think it's it was like i was saying the, the whole appeal with the video store is pick out what you want take it home and have that personal experience with it exactly. you know, a lot of people that didn't like being in the theater for whatever reason didn't want to have to go out and be there at a certain time they liked to just be able to watch it when they wanted things like that You know, these are the kind of things that appeal to those and I think that was the average person And the movie theaters are always going to be there for the people that want to go out and make a thing of it just like there's still theater just like there's still concerts there's always going to be it as an, an entertainment venue to go to see the movie theaters Multiplexes not going to anywhere. But um, as far as your know, your home entertainment is concerned, that's what we're talking about. And I think the future of it is just more and more kind of customized uh, things, more and more options for you. The way that you can aggregate this stuff, find it, and then consume it. You know.
0: Yep. Exactly. That's a perfect way. Let's end it there. Let's go through one last round of pimpage before I before I close it out, Brian, Mister Sir. Tell me, where can we find the big gay whore fan?
6: B- B- www.bigaywhorefan.com. Horrorfan.com. There's some cool stuff coming up. I just posted a video interview with Mark Patton from Nightmare Two. Rocking, I I love him. From Pet Cemetery coming up. So, and I'm always, yeah, indie pipping the indie stuff. So uh,
0: (laughs) as as well. So uh, there you have. it. I always love talking to you, Brian. I'm I need you on this show more often. I'm gonna I'm gonna be pester you. Come back here sometime. I like Brian.
6: Awesome, man. I would love it. Uh, I would love it to to, you know, be be the, you know,
4: <laughs> I know. the alternative
0: flavor of the week or whatever. That, that is perfect. Definitely. Right, thank you, buddy. Yeah, no problem, man. Uh, Brian Kirst. I love the guy. Uh, Andrew Scherer. Come on. Yeah. Give me oh. give it to everyone.
7: Right. Okay. Well, I mentioned in the beginning of the show that for a living, I, I do, I work for com. So I do a weekly column and a weekly podcast there called the Cinema File Podcast. And it's a, uh Got, it's on iTunes and uh, Downcast and Stitcher Radio you can just listen to me talk about whatever I watched that week uh, I talked to filmmakers on there I do have episodes with the, some of the Scream Queens things like that we did a, a round of them a Debbie Roshan I did an hour with uh, You know, just I have some where we're physically in each other's face and then others where it's on film phone and stuff but uh, I just you know whatever, anything goes with that um, and also as someone mentioned I do put my money where my mouth is and do make movies uh, Amazon On Demand has Pajama Nightmare the new this one they have mondo gazo and they have uh, fake blood so these are all movies that you can check out and see what a guy who writes about movies for a living comes up with for his personal uh, projects but uh, i just i just want to say thanks for having me on here and uh, you know my, my dad was he was the he was the guy i wouldn't be sitting here i wouldn't have the job that i do uh if it wasn't for him showing me what like movie fandom really meant what it was, you know, in a time where none of this technology was here yet.
0: And I also highly recommend to everyone that listens to Astro Radio Z go plunk down some money and watch some great filth that Andrew has put together. I love his films. You like Russ Myers? You like the boobies? You do you like John Waters? Then you're gonna like Andrew Shearer. You're gonna yeah, love this stuff. We, we have all of those things, as we do. Yes, <laughs> amazing stuff. Mark the movie man. Come on. Give, give, <laughs> give you some pimpage. Give you some pimpage. You can find me, uh, the, the main channel
2: I'm on, on youtube.com slash specialmark, is where you can find my reviews. You can occasionally find a video project up there. I posted recently my old college project that I did uh, called Red Handed. Uh, it was a music video to uh, Nick Cave's Red Right Hand, uh, <laughs> which has a lot of running in it. Uh, it's I've a also, fun movie. I like that one. Uh, I've also got, uh, I do a week. Weekly segment on We Live called Horror Thursdays, where I bring in new, old, and whatever horror movie I, I watch to bring. Uh, I brought a Billy Club. In fact, this week, tomorrow, uh, they're going to have Pet Cemetery. Somebody uh, from my uh, viewers who watches it on We Live Film suggested Pet Cemetery, so I reviewed that tomorrow. So that's going to be on there. Um, I also got my own page, Special Mark Productions, which basically is a quicker link to the stuff. Stuff that's on my youtube channel um occasionally i'm on the bordello of horror uh, they put my reviews up there the horror hosts with uh, rick freak show peterson uh so i,
0: I i'm I'm a whore. I, I go everywhere. <laughs> I can I can verify that after you were the AD on my uh, Plainfield Chopper shoot, yes. you are a whore. Um, I am a whore, but you yes. have very soft hands. So thank you. Scott, tell us where can we find Mr. Scott Davis?
8: Well, I write for uh, and edit filmgeekcentral.com FilmGeekCentral.com with a couple other fine people: Jesse Hoheisel and Austin Kennedy. And uh, that's, like, a lot of uh, mainstream stuff, but also, like I said uh, earlier, I also try to squeeze in my love of uh, cult and horror films there as well. And I have my uh, YouTube web series, Uh, uh and that's, you can find that on YouTube. There's about nine episodes now, and uh,
0: there's going to be more. So, uh, yeah, it's a uh, Uh, That's basically what I'm up to. Awesome. Well, again, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. The video stores are dead, buried, and bring on the new flesh. Long live the new flesh. (laughs) If you have
9: ghosts, you have everything. If you have ghosts, you have everything. You can say anything you
7: want And you can do anything you want to do If you have goals You have everything
5: The horror team from Slasher Studios Kevin Summerfield and Steve Galtz whose new film Don't Go To The Reunion is tearing up the festival circuit give their thoughts on the death of the video store.
10: Hi, my name is Kevin Summerfield. I am West Asher Studios and we're talking about the the death of the video store. When I was a kid uh, growing up, I would run to my local video store. My local video store was called uh, Warehouse Video. It unfortunately went out of business in 1998. But uh, starting I think around 1990 is when I started renting horror movies. Uh, right away Friday after school I would run to the video store and I would run directly to the horror section I would look at the back of these horror movies and, and the covers and just everything about it was just so intriguing I mean I still remember to this date uh, looking at the back of nightmare and Elm Street 3 and uh, I remember seeing a Peter shark cat being eaten by the Friday snake and and that, that always terrified me as a kid but for whatever reason um, I I just, I always looked at that even though I was too scared to rent it. And that's something that's missing today. I mean, with the kind of video stores dying out, you you don't have that. I mean, if you're going to go to something like uh, Redbox or Netflix, you can't look at the back because there is no back. It's just the cover. Uh, We've come to a time where all horror movies look the same. Um, You know, if you look, uh, like look at um, a movie like, you know, Absentia, where uh, there's the Girl like running uh, no crawling through through the gravel, and that 's oh, you know i 've seen that girl so many times this is the stock footage, and I just don 't feel like that kind of art and that kind of care is going into the the designing of covers today I mean it 's not just horror movies it 's you know other genres as well and with the video store, you had to kind of make your movie distinct looking and you had to know what audience you were going to appeal to because this was your only shot you didn't have the internet you didn't have these other options or these other venues to go to you know there might be only one video store in your town and you know if you were going to pass by this cover I mean this might be the only chance that you ever see this movie I mean until the advent of the internet and it's The Internet's changed things for the better and for the worse. I mean, if there was no Internet, I think that video stores would still be as big today as what they've always been um, especially kind of in their peak of the 80s and kind of you know into the 90s and I do think that uh, DVD all of a sudden you know everyone or hopefully people out there remember you know when VHS first came out you know it was priced for rental I mean these movies cost a 100 bucks each that's what it cost these video stores and when DVDs came out they were priced to own immediately so you know you had places like blockbuster that was charging you know five dollars to rent a movie for a day whereas you know you could go to best buy or walmart and you could buy the same dvd for 15 and all of a sudden they had to change their business um, plan and some chains like blockbuster either didn't change enough or they went too far and you know it's by the time that they did change it it didn't matter anymore but it's it's a sad day that video stores are dying hopefully we'll seek some kind of resurgence i think we've seen you know there was a while there that we thought the uh drive-ins were going to be dead forever but we've kind of seen where they've gone today but uh who knows where they're going to go in the future but um you know, I, I'm excited to see what's gonna happen to horror. Hopefully there's some good stuff, but um, I'm gonna mourn the the death of the video store. This is Steve Goltz with Slasher
1: Studios. As far as you know the death of video stores go that is it's sad it's a sad time we've all seen it, whether it was you know just the mom and pop one or it was something big like blockbuster and it's crazy to think you know blockbuster was this you know huge powerhouse and then came along Netflix and other streaming streaming mediums online and it, it just kind of took over which is it's kind of sad and I feel, I feel more bad for the, the mom and pop stores really there was this place called I believe it was called actually Dean Game World in Nina and I used to go there me and my brother rent video games and all that good stuff and you know these little movie places were just fun to go to like Kevin was saying you know he'd run to the the movie store after school and it was kind of a rush to go there I mean it was an adventure it was getting out of the house going to these places and now it's just kind of well I'm gonna turn on the computer and see if this movie is streaming and it's it kind of lost that rush and that that emotion that you'll get from it. I also remember and really miss the little video sections, rental sections, and grocery stores. If you guys grew up like I did, um, growing up in the 90s, you remember going to the grocery stores and there'd be a little section and they'd have all their VHS's out. And, ah, man, I mean, just looking through those VHS's, that was always so fun. Like Kevin was saying, the artwork, you know, just being able to pick up an object and look at the front cover and then turn around look at the back and be like oh this looks good or i'll pass on this save this for next time and even the kind of you know rush about wanting a certain dvd or vhs or dvd or whatever it was back then and getting there and it, it's not there and that was always just you know such a such a kind of a disappointment but kind of a rush going to the the video store to see if it was there and um, I always remember remember that part you know just wanting and hoping on the ride there you're, you're with your parents they're driving you there and you're hoping that's going to be there and maybe sometimes it wasn't sometimes it wasn't so yeah it's kind of crazy to, to think you know just a few years back we were you know going out and renting movies actual hard copies coming home and renting and watching them and having to bring them back on time and now it's just kind of well, I'm going to turn the TV on I got a smart TV so let's see what's on here and stream this live and watch it and I don't know it just takes away something just not having that hard copy I think so who knows what'll happen in the future I'm sure it'll keep going with this uh, obvious digi- obviously digital trend but who knows what the what the future will hold hopefully there'll be a resurgence with the uh, the old mom and pop stores One of them just closed down about a year ago from uh, back where I was growing up, so that was kind of sad to see. But we'll see what happens in the future.
5: Award-winning writer, director, editor, John Padilla. Whose post apocalyptic infected romance film Deadweight is coming out nationally for purchase very soon gives his thoughts on the death of the video store.
3: My earliest memories of the video store came in the form of the video section of the neighborhood Piggly Wiggly. I grew up in Oshkosh Wisconsin in the mid to late 80s and to start out with we didn't even have a VCR at home we would not only go to the grocery store to rent our movies but we'd also have to rent a VCR so I remember walking home you know four or five blocks and you had this big plastic case that inside it's padded with foam and then you had the VCR and you know maybe you got to rent two movies for that night and we'd sit around as a family and watch movies that was something that we really did we didn't all have a lot in common so we all loved films. so we watched movies constantly. You know, I remember my dad at work, they had a dual VCR and once a month he could bring it home and we would go to the video store and my brother and I would each get to pick two films out. We would be able to make a copy of those. And I still have my first one, that at least the one I remember, but it was Ghostbusters on the first half and Krull on the second half. So that's how it was for those early years for me. But then I discovered, called Captain's Video, and this was a mom and pop video store, had a pirate theme going, so when you walked in, you were greeted by the parrot, which was the actual mascot of the video store. It wasn't always the friendliest parrot, but that was kind of the charm of it. And the owner, everyone referred to him as Captain. I think his real name was Bob, but nobody ever said what what his real name was. It was always Captain. But they knew you when you walked in. And they had all their sections, just like video stores do, but there was the comedies, the dramas, the actions. They even had foreign film section and a kid's section, but my favorite section, and the one I remember to this day, was its own room. It was maybe about 20 feet by 20 feet in the back of the store, and there was a bloody sign when you entered the doorway, and it said, House of Horror. And you'd walk in, and there's boarded windows, and they'd have, like, zombie arms coming out at you. Three walls just lined floor to ceiling with beautiful VHS covers of all the horror films that we grew up on. You could find your Nightmare on Elm Street, your Friday 13th, of course all the mainstream stuff, but then also you'd find titles like The Video Dead or Night of the Demon, Pieces, Torso. I, you know, I remember getting all of these when I was probably not even in middle school yet or just getting into middle school. My best friend Sam and I, you know, we were there during the summer. We were there probably five times a week when we had have a snow day from school. We'd be walking through a foot of snow just so we could rent these horror movies, and we just analyze and study the artwork on all of them and try to decide which one we wanted to get for that day. And I specify that day because the ones that we didn't get then, we'd come back the next day or two days later to get them. It became our obsession. Not only were we seeing all these covers and everything, but we were trying to find that next one that would just blow your mind the one that had so much gore that you couldn't even believe it because that's kind of what we wore when we were younger. We wanted gore. And Randy, who I believe he was a manager at the time, we would come. Up up with a film or or return it the next day, you know, and he'd ask, hey, did you guys like this? And if we said yes, he would give us a recommendation based on that. And I don't remember what it was that we returned, but I do remember probably being around the age of 10 or 11, bringing back a movie and him asking, did you guys like it? And we're like, oh, yeah, it was really awesome. And then he said, all right, you guys need to get Dead Alive. And that was my introduction to Peter Jackson. This is pre Lord of the Rings, Peter Jackson. This is probably 1993, 1994. We put in Dead Alive and that just blew our fucking mind. My parents, they really didn't give a fuck what I watched. You know, my dad got me a copy of Night of the Living Dead when I was eight years old. I was grew up watching Jaws and Aliens all the time, so they didn't care. But yet, you know, you'd have a ten-year-old a renting a bunch of these horror films, they'd always have to call my parents to find out if it was okay. So they would call my parents to see if I could get permission to rent these. Well, my parents got sick of getting called on a daily basis, just about. So they asked them to put a note on our account that says it's okay for John to rent whatever he wants. So on my account, under my name, it said R-O-K. And to that day when they closed, I was 18 years old, I think, when they closed, everyone in Captain's Video referred to me as John R.O.K., probably one of the only nicknames I've ever received. Shit, that was that's where I spent so much of my time growing up. That's what helped shape my interest in the films that I watch, the films that I make, the films that I love. And I just think about how you'd spend an hour in there. You know, our parents would drop us off when we didn't walk, go run other errands, because they knew I was going to be in there so fucking long. You don't have that anymore. You don't have that. You you sit on your couch, flip through Netflix, you go to iTunes, you go to Amazon, and, and I'm not speaking negatively of that, because it's great. You know, you have access to a lot of films right in your own home. But it's not the same. It's not that, that thrill of the hunt when there's something that you really want to see. You know, you saw a trailer for it, then you go the next day find out it's checked out, and then you put your name on the waiting list, and they would call you, and it would come in. You don't get that. Sitting on your couch, you don't get that sitting in front of your computer, so it's a sad day. I miss video stores, I still go to the video store. Sadly, in Oshkosh, we don't have any more mom and pop ones, you know, we just have a family video, which is great. I'm glad it still exists, but it's not the same. Video stores grew up with them, love them, miss them, sad to see them go, but they live on. That's why we get to do things like this. We get to talk about them.
0: Episode of Astro Radio Z. I want to thank Steve Goltz and Kevin Summerfield for doing a little clip on Video Stars, and also my good friend John Pata, director of Dead Weight and upcoming short film Pity. Um, To take the time out of his busy, busy schedule as he's doing all these uh, various film projects, going all over to film festivals uh, where he's being celebrated for Dead Weight and also in the midst of designing Aaron Christensen's hidden horrors. Book that's about to come out It's a huge undertaking And I really thank him for coming And uh, doing a little clip for me That uh, kind of also gave a little more Backstory to the video store That I had discussed in the episode Captain's video It truly was a special kind of mom and pop Place that um, we all I think it's. A, it was the perfect Kind of embodiment of what We were all discussing in the episode It was just this little Off the beaten path uh, mom and pop place in kind of like a strip mall almost. And, um, you went in there and it was just people that curated a collection of videos, a catalog of videos from personal taste more than from an economic and, uh, You know, capitalistic, consumer-based type thing Where they're looking to make money off of it Obviously they were looking to make money off of it But uh, the catalog felt much more personalized than anything else And that's the thing that I think we're going to miss out on With the new digital age Is this kind of curated feel to the movies that are being presented to us Yes, in Netflix you can kind of do that and personalize your own lists To be able to go back and either watch them or things that you want to watch, but it's not the same. You're never going to have just randomness um, that you had never heard of before. um, Slap you in the face by people that you uh, respect their opinion on the films that are being presented to you. Um, It would be amazing if that functionality was back. I remember a a while back that uh, they actually had the friends list Uh, Netflix, and I thought that was always a really awesome idea. And I think Netflix, if they're going to go forward, that might be the way to go, is bring the the social aspect back into it. That could be a really, really, really fun thing. I also wanted to make uh, a side comment on something I had said early in the episode. Upon editing this episode, I I hear this thing a a few times, and there's always something in there that I keep that I kind of cringe at myself for saying. And that was when I said, I instead of going to the Days of the Dead, I went out to bumfuck nowhere, Michigan, uh, to the IndieHorror.TV party. It, it, maybe it's just me, uh, but I, I sound like a complete asshole. Um, the IndieHorror.TV party, was an amazing time. Uh Robert Poole, who is the individual who runs indiehorror.tv is a, is a great guy and an amazing fan of what we all do as independent filmmakers, especially in the genre of horror. Um there is a glut of this stuff now and have somebody that actually like champions us and puts it out there and uh, is very impartial. He's not one of these guys that that's judgmental of the scene or judgmental of the products that are being put forth uh, to the concern consumers. He just wants to celebrate and he uh, truly appreciates the effort put behind each and every one of these movies and wants people to recognize that as well. So he puts it on it, and if you are mildly interested, and obviously if you listen to Astro Radio Z, you have kind of that bent already. I would, please, go to IndieHorror.tv. They have a scheduling of movies. They have director's chats after each of these movies. They also bring in people to sit and chat. Just this coming week, Linnea Quigley, If you know who I am, uh, Jason Paul Collum and myself made a documentary called Screaming in High Heels. That's a celebration of Linnea Quigley. You know that's fucking amazing. So please, support Robert Poole. Check out his website. Go hit him up on Facebook. Um, Especially if you're a filmmaker, he will show your films. And that, for us, is an amazing thing thing. I had the opportunity to sit in. He had lowly little me. Who am I? Nobody. I've edited a few films, and I've directed very little. Um, had me up on a director's panel with Tyler Schmid, who did uh, an amazing film called Remission that hopefully will be coming out soon. Dustin Mills, who we all know is a complete fucking madman. Uh, amazing guy, a really nice guy. And uh, he just made uh, probably the best film he's made so far, in my opinion, uh, The Ballad of Skinless Pete. If you haven't seen it, please go pick it up. Dustin Mills website He's got it, it's fucking great Really fun movie Um, He was on there, John Pata was on the, the Panel, and Matt Woodbury uh, also was on the panel It was a really good time uh, I, I'm really uh, thankful For Robert Poole to have me out At this party um, Yes it was literally in the middle Of nowhere um, But I had an amazing time Everyone was super nice I uh, uh, Everyone was chatty And I had an amazing reaction to the Swamphead trailer. You don't get that very often where people actually react to a trailer. I think maybe Robert Poole, I think in his ultimate wisdom was right. He came up to me beforehand and said, hey, I'm not going to show the hole in the wall trailer. And I was kind of like, oh, you're going to introduce me on a director's panel and not show the stuff that I directed? And he goes, yeah, well, everything that I'm showing is super uber serious, and Swamphead is the direct opposite of that. So I kind of want to break it up and bring you on for Swamphead. I'm like, okay, I'm not the director, but I'll gladly talk about it. And uh, people flipped out. They loved it. They thought it was there was huge belly laughs. And uh, even later in the night, there was a band that ended the show called Harley Poe. Amazing chaps. They made a shout out. to Swamphead going, what the fuck was that? Uh, so you gotta love it. Uh, people came up to me and really wanted to talk about Swamphead after that point. So all in all, IndieHorror.tv, amazing, amazing thing. Please go support it. Support Robert Poole. Tell him how awesome he is for doing this thing for us. So until next time, guys, this has been Astro Radio Z. Thank you for tuning in and actually listening to anything we all have to say.